Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian Seed, and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. everybody and welcome back to another episode of the rpg show uh i'm your host nick and today i am joined by kevin unfortunately no travis today because he isn't playing games anymore that we are playing for the show i guess so how you doing kevin good how are you uh i'm tired but it is what it is yeah oh, is this that time um, of year where we're just, i'm just i've been pretty busy with like you know, starting at warm, so we're doing stuff. So playing games and trying to squeeze it in and, you know, record at the same time. It's getting a little rough right now. Yeah, it's a bit of a hassle, that's for sure. Yeah. It's been pretty much raining nonstop here for the last, like, month. And today was, like, the finally a sunny day, and it was, like, 77 out. Oh, nice. And I'm not used to it. It's fucking hot. <laughs> used to it being, like, fucking 40. Yeah, hopefully summer's coming. You get a you actually get like a full summer season in Indiana. Oh yeah, uh, basically it's been seventy or seventy five between the rainy days, like uh, for the past couple weeks. So oh basically, shit, basically we hit our, where I'm at. I'm in like see like uh, Indianapolis, so middle of Indiana. Um, it's not so like it's a di- it's a huge difference when you go like just a couple hours north. So we're we're at that like that point where like our winters we have like one snow but if i want like if i go home like two hours north we get like snow every other like in the winter time like every week so oh okay so we're just so you're, like in that sweet spot yeah we're in that sweet spot where like the winters aren't terrible they just get kind of cold not like too cold though i mean we have a couple weeks a, a year and then that's about it so all right that's cool yep but uh, yeah, I've been just kind of every weekend. We've been doing like concerts and uh, going to the lake and stuff like that. So usually, like in the winter time, like I have a lot more time to just play the games because you know when she goes to bed, I can just play whatever. But we're not home a lot now. <laughs> so well, it's good to stay active and get out of the house or whatever. Yeah. Not that I would know, but well, you well you told me you just went on this like. Uh outdoors thing you're telling me about uh yeah it was my first time doing it what was it called again it's called orienteering orienteering yeah that was yeah, yeah. and everybody i talked to about it they were, they're like oh what'd you do this weekend 
like typical whatever bullshit talk. And I was like, well, I went orienteering. And they're like, what the fuck? You went outside? <laughs> what the hell's that? What's orienteering? And so I had to explain it. And pretty much for anybody that doesn't know, uh, I guess it's like billed as quote unquote smart hiking. Uh, because it's like hiking using your brain or whatever. Uh, I really didn't feel like I was challenged that much mentally when I was doing this because the, uh, well, I did like the beginner slash intermediate course because I had never done it before. So of course it wasn't going to be that bad. Uh, but I think they've got like five different difficulties or something. They got like beginner, intermediate, uh, advanced expert and something or something like that. And essentially you're given a, uh, pretty much complete detailed topographical topographical map of the area that you're going to be hiking in and throughout the area they've scattered checkpoints and you have to use this like finger it looks like a usb stick but it's not like this like uh finger reader thingamajig and you go to the checkpoints you stick your finger reader into the checkpoint to say hey i was here uh and it pretty much uh keeps track of how long it took you from the start point to get to each checkpoint and finish the whole course and I guess it's like a national sport of somewhere in Europe and people compete to see who can get through the courses as fast as possible. Um, and generally, I guess on the harder courses, like they have you like running through thickets and bogs and marshes and all kinds of shit uh, to try to get the fastest time. Uh, so you have to wear like protective clothing and uh, I guess the maps are more difficult to read because they tell you you uh, are required to have a compass so you don't get lost and shit. But the, the course I did was essentially like, hey, you're here at checkpoint one, go to checkpoint two, just follow the trail. Uh, you might have to go off off trail for like two minutes, and then you're back on the trail. And it's like, oh, this was, <laughs> it was like hiking, but I had like a destination, I guess. So that was more motivation than just walking in a circle. Yeah. Well, at least you got out of the house. Yeah, the next I might do the next. Uh, I was gonna do the next orienteering thing because they meet up once a month, yeah. but it's like two hours away, and I'm like, I ain't driving that far for this. Yeah, <laughs> especially because you have to like, uh, you have to pay like twenty dollars to register, uh, to do it, and then the place they're doing it next is in a national park, and you have to pay admission to get into the park, and then pay to do the thing. I'm like, I I'll just go to the fucking local park and walk around for an hour. Same thing. Yeah. So fuck it. Cool. Uh, so have you been playing anything besides uh, Ayudin and Triangle Strategy? No. Uh, so yeah, we're doing uh, this episode of is Ayudin Chronicle Rising uh, because you haven't finished Triangle Strategy yet. Um, and I don't know how many times you want to try to finish. I finished it once already. And, um, oh, I mean, we can do the review after I finish it the first time okay. because I'm assuming the storyline is essentially the same. Uh, except for like the golden ending or whatever, but I can always look that up because I don't really care about spoilers. Yeah, once you play through it once, like, and you did your own path, like, I, I don't think it. It's like there's branching paths, but they all kind of lead to like the same like three like you get three basically and or well I guess there's four endings, um, but uh, I'm also getting the vibe that like the. There's like there's branching paths inside the main story before you get to the ending paths, but they all kind of feel like they they give you like a weird side event, and then it, it leads back to the same thing happening no matter what. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna be locked into like certain. I don't think you can like change like the beginning part where things like kind of 
go go like basically go to shit. But um, <clears throat> which I f- I figured they would put that in there. Maybe that maybe that'll come later. Who knows? But um, <clears throat> uh, but I think it's like you can go. I think there's gonna be like two main branch branching paths. So I'm kind of just gonna do opposite what I did the first time. That's why I've been doing this one. Okay. And then you can like, there's like some rec- recruitable characters, and like you don't know how many points you got into each system. Like there's three different like, um, things you get points in based on decisions, and that is, determines which characters you recruit basically. So, once I, like, I guess you can't, you don't get like a, like a graph or like a some kind of way to check it until like chapter five, the second playthrough. So. I'm only on chapter three <clears throat> again because on New Game Plus, it's not like you're overpowered. Like, you are at the same, like, all the enemies are at the same level as you again. So it's kind of like you have to play the game twice. It's not like you can go, it's not going to be a quicker run the second time. So that kind of, I see. That kind of sucks because it's like, I really, <laughs> I really don't want to, like, think about battles anymore at this point i just want to get through it but it is what it is i guess oh because usually like a new game plus for most games is just you just do the game again with all your shit so you you still have all your shit but like it's not beneficial it's not like you're like op and just wrecking things like you usually like usually you don't need new game plus and you're over leveled and you can kind of like steamroll through things and just kind of do things that you missed out or maybe there's like things you can only you can you can only beat this guy the second time through and that changes the story i like when this the games kind of do that kind of thing but this is kind of nope you gotta do it again so yeah but yeah we'll get well, forward to that fun. that'll be our next uh episode because you, like you're what halfway done uh yeah i'm on chapter 13 now because i was able to do some last night i think there's what 30 chapters I think there's only 20, oh, 20 on the... 20. Yeah, you're right, 20. And then I think there's 21 on the Golden Path, so it's not much different. Oh, yeah, I think there's one or two extra chapters, but <clears throat> some chapters are really short. Um, and so, like, I beat I beat uh, Triangle the first time, and then I picked up this game, uh, Rising, because it came out, and... I don't know, it's it's really it's a pretty short game. You can beat it in a week if you if you want to platinum. You can beat it in a week if you want to beat it. You can probably beat it in like two or three days. I I'd say. Yeah, definitely depending on how much time you're willing to spend on it. Like if you're willing to sit there for an entire day, like you wake up, <laughs> you eat something, and then you start this game. You could and you put like twelve hours into it. More than likely, you'll beat it, and that's that's being kind of generous because I think you can put ten hours in if you're really speed running. Like I'm sure. Like, I saw that somebody had platinum in, like, seven hours, so I'm sure if you skip all the dialogue and you already kind of know what the fuck you're doing, it doesn't take any time at all to beat it. But uh, it took me, like, 16 hours to get platinum. Yeah, I think that's about what I get. I had, so... Um, um, I'm out of, I'm out of, in this game, I've done a couple extra runs just to kind of get resources and stuff more than I probably needed to, but... Because if you wait to the end, you get, like... It's easier to get resources than when if you try to, like... When you're under-leveled and... You know, fighting takes a little bit longer. Yeah, I was playing when I was playing it. I was playing to have fun with it. I wasn't really trying to grind anything. Right. So anytime we had a new fetch quest, they're like, "Oh, go back to the woods. We need you to get three mushrooms or whatever." I'm like, "Ah, uh, all right." 
And I fought everything on the way, even though technically you don't have to fight things. But I was like, well, I need the experience points, and they might drop shit. So, and it takes like a second to kill a fucking monster. So it's not like it's gonna be yeah. that big a deal. So, so yeah, that's that's why we're that's how we got to where we're at uh, doing this game first. Uh, so it'd probably be another week or two before we get triangle, depending on scheduling. But yeah, well then we'll start uh, your next game. You want to tell everybody what that is going to be? Sure. Uh, we're doing, uh, wait, what are we doing? Are you doing Outer Worlds? Outer Worlds, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't think of it. <laughs> Dude, it's... <laughs> I've been up Never mind. <laughs> I've been up since 5 a.m., so my brain's kind of, like, uh, not firing all, all cylinders right now. Oh, shit. Yeah, you've been up a while, dude. But I took a nap. Like, I took a nap in between, so, like, three or four hour nap. <clears throat> but, uh, names are, like, things that go first. Anyways, Outer Worlds... Uh, so I, what I've been trying to play this game for like a couple years, but since we've been doing the show, um, you know, we've, I've been playing games for the show more than my own stuff. So I just kind of been playing other things that look more interesting. And finally, I think I'm at the point where I'm ready. Like there, I'm, it's at the top of my list. Um, so I think I made a mistake because I, when I first, uh, was going to play this game, um, it was between this and Outer Wilds, and I watched like a bunch of reviews on Outer Wilds, and like it was like got like a lot of good reviews, you know. Okay. And Outer Wilds is a it's a good game, but like story wise, it's not like there's not a lot there. You kind of like figure out the story as you go type thing, and it's not like you're in. I don't know. It's kind. It's like Outer Wilds is like you're in like a, a Groundhog Day type time loop game where every 20 okay where every 20 minutes the world resets um so like you gotta figure out why it's resetting and yeah like basically it's like trial and error to figure things out um so it's like there's not a lot of story there you know what i mean because you're just repeating the same stuff over and over again yeah so i think i should have picked outer worlds because i'm more of a story you know gamer so and I heard the story in Outer Worlds is really good, like from what I read, like the writing's pretty good. Yeah, I watched Nicole play it when it released for a little bit. Uh, like I wasn't trying to like watch her play because I don't I don't watch people play games. Uh, right. But like I I get some food after in between like playing whatever game I was playing, and she'd be talking to NPCs, and they'd have the most like fucking outlandish surreal dialogue and i was like wow this is really making fun of all kinds of shit and i'd be laughing at it and she'd just kind of like whatever keep going through i'm like how are you not laughing at this <laughs> good that means do you not have a sense of humor like what the fuck if you're laughing at it that means i'll probably laugh at it so uh that's what you know i know it's supposed to like people say it's like fallout or something and i think the developers of that of the uh Outer Worlds made the first Fallout, right? Uh, they're Obsidian. I'm not sure Obsidian. if Obsidian no. made the first Fallout. They might have. They might have made Fallout 1 or 2 and then New Vegas, but I'm not 100% sure. But they made, like, the good version of a, of, of a Fallout because then it kind of went... Uh... It went to Bethesda and they kind of Bethesda, Bethesda arised it. They put the game... like they pick, Basically, they put up Broken Games and then... They fix it as they go, uh, and the story I think is not as good. The, the writing is not as good on Bethesda games, right? 
Uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's kind of... It's kind of cliche. I don't know. Like, they do a lot of cliche things, and uh, it's like... The, I don't know. The writing's, like, good, but not, like, clever or, like, I don't know, intriguing or, you know, it's kind of matter-of-fact, where it's like, okay, it's not, it's not terrible, but you can kind of, you know, see where things are going. So... Uh, so it looks like Interplay did Fallout 1 and 2, and then I guess they sold the rights or lost the rights or something. Uh, or they, they're, uh, I guess Black Isle Studios was created to make Fallout 2. They also did Baldur's Gate and some Dungeons & Dragons games. And... Baldur's Gate? Yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. I like Baldur's Gate. Uh, I'm not sure what... Oh, they filed bankruptcy in 1998, and then they got bought out. Presumably, I guess, by whoever also bought Bethesda or whatever the fuck. Okay. So that's how Bethesda got Fallout. So, Interesting. But now they're owned by Xbox, so this is like the last game that's like multi-platformed, or... And they might just go to, like, they sell it to PlayStation or something, like how PlayStation, like, owns, like, it will be the show, but you can play on an Xbox or something like that. I don't know. Things are getting, like... I don't know crossing over a lot more lately so i don't trust anything these people say because some of them they'll be like oh yeah we're all about gamers and make sure gamers can have a good time but at the end of the day if they're selling a property on a competing company's platform they're not making that money for their platform so like when push comes to shove there's no way that they're going to lose money just to appease the consumer or whatever. But the only thing, so, I, the only thing I th I'm thinking is that uh, they so they're sold out of PlayStations, right? So to maximize money, they would sell it on. Like that'd be one thing if there's like PlayStations out there still to sell. They're trying to like push PlayStation Five, but really you can't get PlayStation Five. So you might be the the alternative is now you sell the games to more platforms so you can make more money true but i guess it depends on whether or not they'll be able to make chips anytime soon yeah so. oh well <laughs> we'll find out i'm not really like i don't really give a shit about any of bethesda's games anyway like i don't really care about starfield i don't really care about elder ring elder scrolls whatever five six whatever the fuck you're getting at yeah. i don't really give a shit so it's unfortunate that obsidian game uh, is going to be possibly Xbox exclusive or whatever, but I guess I could just play it on PC or wait until maybe the exclusivity ends. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. Like, you know, some games are exclusive for a year and then they come, or if it's like, you know, platform exclusive or something. Which, yeah. I also avoid too many games to play anyway, so the less that I have the opportunity to buy, the better for me. <laughs> Yeah, there's, like, I kind of want to get, like, a list going of, like, games I want to play for the show and make it, like, this is a priority and this is not. The only thing I, I know for sure is, like, Suikoden 5. I kind of want to do that, like, at the end of the year or closer to when 100 Heroes comes out. Okay. So, like, maybe January, February next year. Because 100 Heroes is supposed to come out, like, what, spring next year? I think early 2023. I don't think there's a definite date yet. Yeah, so that way we can kind of like, hey, this is like the last good sequel to game, 
And then hopefully 100 Heroes can kind of live up to that. So either it's going to be awesome or we're going to be very disappointed. But either way, um, that's why I played four, like we did four and tactics like right in a row, like my picks, because I kind of want to get the, I want to get those kind of like maybe like a year in between, you know? Okay. Just wash that bad taste out of your mouth. Yeah, get the, get the bad, like, you know, get the nastiness out of the way and then kind of have the good stuff waiting for you. Kind of. Well, the, the comparison is going to be interesting of five and Ayuden because uh, five had nothing to do with anybody from the original Suikoden team. It was all like new Konami people, whatever. Right, but, but I think they like figured out the either they got their hands on some story stuff or they figured out what they fucked up on because the difference between four and five is like night and day. I mean, yeah. So, unfortunately for the series, four fucking fucked everything up because five was a product that was superior in every single way but nobody bought it because people that played Sweden four were like fuck this series yeah it's like oh it's in the garbage now there's another garbage game and then no then i don't know i think like we were talking about four um it was all new people doing that game basically yeah so they're figuring shit out as they went and like you can tell like i don't know i, I don't know if like they only had enough money to do four and then they got money from four and these had to get tactics because like those two combined might have been a decent game like story-wise you know but uh just like two halves of a whole it's like four is just so bad <laughs> so it's uh, it's not pure solar levels of bad but it's definitely yeah mediocre it's it's bad and like it's just you know white bread you know plain it's just not, yeah. not much going on. Speaking of bad games, like, I want to read this review somebody left on Steam for Ayudin before we start. And be like, <laughs> just, be, just because like some, it just shows like some people haven't actually played bad games before. Oh, yeah. So this, this person writes, uh, not recommended, and he played for 33 hours. <laughs> at, at, at time of review, he has 10 hours. So like he, not, he doesn't recommend the game, but he played for another 23 hours afterwards. Okay. Uh, he says, this one hurts. I'm a lifelong Suikoden fan, and I'm still excited for 100 Heroes. However, Rising was an unfortunately underbaked, boring, and extremely short initial entry for the series. You feel powerful when you pull off combos, but it always feels like overkill rather than necessary. The good. Gorgeous graphics. Main cast is uh, good, even if writing doesn't always serve them. A few good tracks. Bad. Mind-numbingly easy. Poor writing. Tedious and uninteresting fetch quests with bland NPCs. Ten hours long, with the majority of it spent doing horrid side quests. I wanted to like this game, but it's not worth uh, the limited amount of time it takes to complete. And so, the water margin. I doubt you'll ever read, the, uh, listen to this podcast. But you need to play Pure Solar, because then you will truly understand the worth of $7 and 10 hours. Yeah. Because this is not... I would say this game, I guess I'll, I'm going to do my ratings early, I guess, whatever. But I feel like this game's like a three and a half to four out of five. Like, it's not perfect, but it's definitely not fucking like pure solar. And I would recommend this to anybody to play because it's a pretty good game. I but think, uh, I think it's, uh... your review is ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you can have a differing opinion. I'm guessing uh, that'd be something Travis would probably agree with, though. <laughs> It tries to be like this game's a fucking shit piece of shit. Yeah, waste of my time. Yeah. One star. I think it's like a good game if you're excited for Hundred Heroes or you're a Sequel fan because 
the whole point of this game is to kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like an appetizer before the main course. So you don't, you can't go in this game thinking like it's a stand, it's a standalone game, but not supposed to be. Um, it's you're not supposed to just play this game. You know, this is like a prequel or a prologue. It's more like a prologue to a, a regular game. You know, like. It's like so if you had like a pie or a cake or something, this is a slice of that cake. When Hunter Heroes comes out, that's the whole it's gonna be the whole cake. Because this is just one piece of whatever location they're at, yeah. New Nevea or whatever, like it's one town and it's one subset of characters and it's just a little short story. It's like a novella almost of these characters and I, I guess like a couple a week or two of time in the world. Yeah. So it's not like a great sprawling epic adventure. It's just like, it's almost like a side quest in an RPG where like you go to a town, shit's happening and you fix it and then you get the fuck out. Right. And that's just you, this is that, this is that. But it's like introducing you to the world and kind of some politics. I mean, it's very minor stuff, but like you get to see like, okay, we're going to have anamorphic characters. Awesome. Like you're not, because I wasn't sure exactly what you're sure you're going to get and to see it like i'm like i love like the way they do their characters like you know there's like regular humans and then all the animals are you know everyone's like it's just normal you know like you have a talking parrot and with a body you know what i mean like or the kangaroo guy like you know uh garu like he's a cool character and it's like i can't wait to see all the other different types you know that, that are gonna be in the in the main game you know and they do a pretty good job of like connecting the attributes of like the animal that they're basing the character off of with the character's personality. Like, oh yeah, the squawk, the squawk guy or whatever, the bird, he likes shiny shit. And then the kangaroo dude, kangaroos are pretty buff and badass, and he's a buff, badass, and hard-nosed motherfucker. And he's kind of like Australian. Like him and the crocodile guy are like, hey, he's like from my hometown. I know him from back in the day. And it's like, oh, because they're both kind of like. I don't know if the if Australia is kind of have its own it has its own like kind of representation like in the world in this world but that's what it kind of sounds like that's what I'm thinking about as like they're saying these things so that's I'm kind of like building the world up and it's like building the you know the the base of this world up in your in your uh, imagination you know yeah. so uh, I guess we should get into um, this is. Ilden Chronicle Rising, and it's a kicks. Uh, it's a it was a stretch, uh, well, it was let a me introduce form. the format first, I guess. Oh, okay, because I haven't said that yet. Uh, so if you're new to the show, I know we've kind of been ranting for like I don't know 15 minutes or so. Uh, but uh, this show we review RPGs, typically GRPGs, and we uh, do it based on a five point scale. Uh, we allow half scores because I fucked it up on earlier on, so I guess technically it's a 10 point scale, but whatever, potato, potato. Uh, we've got, uh, I think it's six categories I can never fucking remember. Uh, it's gameplay, story, visuals, music, slash voice acting, overall experience, and replayability slash extra content. And we typically go through, discuss the the meat of the categories, and then pros and cons, or what we liked and disliked, and then we give it a rating. We'll go all the way through. We'll have uh, cuts to uh, samples of the music from the game. Uh, we call them musical breaks. And then when we're all done, we do an outro and let you go. So, uh, yeah. Are you doing Chronicles Rising? Take it away, Kevin, since you wanted to start talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so, 
This game is a stretch goal of a Kickstarter game that is coming out uh, in a year from from when we're recording this. It's supposed to be coming out a year from now. And that game is Isleden Chronicle 100 Heroes. Um, and so the interesting thing about this whole series is that the original creators of Suikoden, and it's the, I think it's Suikoden 1 and 2, uh, the ones that made that... They're like half of three. Half of three before they got fired or quit or whatever the heck happened, uh, are, are the ones that are creating this... They made, the, they made a studio and they created this game. Um, so that... Like this Kickstarter was like so like overfunded that they w were able to create another game out of it. So that's I mean it was like what a thousand percent funded or something crazy. Uh, uh, I'm looking it up right now. They asked for five hundred thousand uh, American and they got I want to say two million, but it's loading. Yeah, it was a couple million dollars. I mean, uh, it might have been more than that. Yeah, it shows it in the end right now, so I don't know what the conversion is because I don't know why the fuck. <laughs> but, it's far. Oh, it's five hundred million yen. And they got how much yen? Uh, hold, hold on. So yeah, uh, so it comes out to about three. Current um, trade rate is three point seven eight. Uh, million dollars yeah so that's crazy like that so they got to do everything they wanted and then some because i think at first it's only supposed to be 100 heroes but because they're all the all the stretch goals uh that we hit it's 110 actually it's gonna be so and then yeah and there's gonna be a bunch of dlc too and uh well this is basically the first dlc to it almost i would say but it's like its own standalone game and... No, I don't think so. I think this is just they added. This is a stretch goal. They added, "Hey, we we have so much fucking money. We'll do another like we'll do a companion game." This was the last stretch goal. So the this and... there's going to be a bunch of DLC and a bunch of characters and a bunch of like novels and shit or whatever going along with the the main game. But apparently, it's like such a good idea because it like it, technically Hundred Heroes supposed to be out this year, but of course everything gets pushed back and. This is like yeah, thanks, COVID. <laughs> so this is a good bridge. Uh, gives us a little bit of like an app. Like I said, it's like an appetizer to the main game. So I'm getting hyped for uh, Hundred Heroes. Um, I mean, this game alone. I mean, just some of the characters you can tell are gonna like. I haven't looked them all up, but there's a bunch of the characters in this game that are gonna be in the next game. So um, I'm excited. So, anything else you want to add in there? Uh, no, I think you covered it pretty well. Um, because I guess everything to talk about will be just talking about the game at this point. So, <clears throat> and oh, I guess we should mention that uh, Robin and Bear Studios didn't quite make this game; they passed it off to Natsumi Atari. And they had a instead a supervisory role where they uh, advised uh, Natsumi Atari on the characters, the storyline, um, but then I th and like what time, what type of game they wanted. But then they let uh, Natsumi Atari kind of just 
do their own thing. Yeah. And so, Hundred Heroes is going to be your traditional JRPG. This game is an action RPG, uh, side scroller. Um, it's kind of like a Metroidvania, but not really. Yeah, I guess it's more Metroidvania, but there's not much platforming. But so. yeah, that's why I said not really, because like you unlock abilities and stuff, but you don't really. Yeah. Like you don't really use them for navigation or exploration, except for one instance, and uh, yeah, they ex- like they almost expect you to have the upgrade, like for just that one part. But everything else, you don't actually need the upgrades for. So yeah, that brings us to gameplay. So we'll start going into that. Alrighty. Um. Well, <laughs> gameplay. So this is, like we said, a Metroidvania, side-scrolling platformer kind of thing. Um, except this has a unique combat system in that uh, the square button is tied to uh, one character, the triangle button is tied to another character, and the cir- circle button is tied to the third character. And uh, it took me like a hot minute to get used to this because I was, I'm was i so accustomed to like square being like light attack, triangle being heavy attack, and like circle being dodge or something. Yeah. So, like, I'd be fighting shit and then accidentally switch characters. I'm like, oh, shit, or whatever. And it takes you, I think, a couple seconds to be able to switch back. So X is jump for everyone. But, like, if you hit square, you'll bring out uh, CJ. And uh, you can keep hitting square to attack with her. And then if you hit triangle, it'll bring up Guru. And you can only attack, like, if you hit square again, it'll bring CJ back out. So your only attack with uh, Guru is triangle. And then... Um, what's the other girl's name? Uh, the maid. Isha or something? Isha. Uh, she is a magic, so she's circle. Um, and they all, uh, they all kind of have, like, their own abilities. Um, CJ's kind of more like your, uh, does everything, like your light, light medium attacker. Uh, she can double jump eventually, and... I think she also can dash. Oh, dash! That's what her special ability is. Yeah, and then Guru, he is like big. He's your heavy. He can do a charge attack, and he can do a like a charge jump, which I've I use like only use like a couple times where you had to like charge jump and then like jump again with CJ, and she has like a like when she gets close to like an edge, she like hook it with her like uh, her axes. She has axes, right? Is there a weapon? Yeah, they're, more, they're like climbing axes, some, climbing axes somehow. Yeah, which like they're almost like ice pick axes or whatever. But I don't like I don't understand how that works. But whatever, it's a game, so. Yeah. So she'll like hook onto it, and you can get up. There's only a couple edges like that you really have to worry about. Um, and then Isha, or was it Isha? I'm pretty sure it's Isha. I wrote it down. I S H A. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure. Isha, yeah, you're right. Okay. She has just magic attacks. Um, but she shoots like projectile style, and then she kind of uh, her she, she has like a teleport, which I I didn't really use that much because I didn't really think it did much of anything. Like when you get close to edge, like with uh, CJ, you can kind of switch to Isha and teleport maybe, but some a lot of times it didn't really work. It was kind of a struggle to get like my fingers to do all that at once, you know. Uh, I think it was meant for more combat. Like, if something oh, got close to her, you could just teleport to dodge the attack. But I... I didn't use her that much. Never... 
Yeah. Well, yeah, like I was, if I was using her, I was on the other side of the screen hitting shit so they couldn't get to me. Yeah. Uh, Isha, really, you only have to use for one kind of magic character that has a shield and you break the shield and then you can go back to CJ. CJ is like the one you use the most, obviously, uh, because she's the main character. But like, there's not really much uh, need to use the other two as much, like barely at all, besides for combos and stuff. Um, I I think. But uh, also, the last thing with uh, Isha is that she can kind of like do like a float for her jump too. Like she, you can jump and float with her. For a short distance, kind of like I would say, Prin Princess Peach from uh, Mario Two, kind of ish. Is that Peach in Mario Two? Uh, I think so. Okay. That one, that's not Daisy. I don't think. But anyways, um, <laughs> it's not the one where like you can use Mario, Luigi, Peach, or Toad. Yeah, and like Mar yeah. Luigi jumps higher and Toad digs fast, and then Princess okay. kind of glides. Yeah, I haven't played that shit in a long time. <laughs> well, that's kind of one of those ones that's ingrained in my brain because it's like from that part of my childhood where I played a ton. Yeah. I think it was based off another game and they just made it Mario for America or something. Yeah, they just swapped out the characters. Uh, there's one thing you're missing about Guru and that he can deflect projectiles oh, uh, yeah. from enemies. So yeah, there's like one... There's a couple... Uh, it wouldn't... A couple times in the game when they'll shoot like rock projectiles at you and he can hit them back and there's a boss where he shoots his arm at you and you can hit that back at him and that's how you beat that boss in the mine. Is there, there might be something else we're missing but I think that's the, the majority of their moves, right? Uh, oh, 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 elemental attacks. Yeah, I was going to say that but that's not really part of their moveset. That's just additional... Stuff you can change, like customizability. Well, besides hardly... besides Isha, like that that changes her whole attack. So, like, if she has ice, she'll shoot like icicles, and then fire, she'll shoot fireballs. And then if it's just nothing, it's just like little bubbles, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's it looked it looked like crystals to me, but maybe maybe it was bubbles. I don't know. I, I as soon as I got the ice uh, rune, I just put it on her and I never took it off. Because I was like, oh, I can freeze shit. That's way more useful than anything else. Yeah, so... Uh, every, like, each... There's, like, what, five stages? Technically, that's more like four and a half. Uh, let's see, you got the forest, the quarry, the rune barrows, the frozen summit place, and the lava runes. But then there's another form of the rune barrows. Yeah. <clears throat> so each one of those stages, uh, there's different... Like, all the those monsters in the in those areas have specific uh elemental weaknesses so but it's not like a mix of them you know what i mean uh, they're like if you're on the ice level uh what's it fires they're weak to i believe so so it, it had like it had a weird because there's only four elements there's uh fire earth wind which is also thunder and water, which is also ice. Right. And I think ice was weak to earth. Fire was weak to uh, ice. Wind was weak to fire. And then... Or no. Was fire... 
fire was weak to ice, earth was weak to whatever. It's they're they're all weak to something. I don't know because I just stuck the earth rune on CJ, the and then the ice rune on uh, Isha, and then I swapped Garu with the wind and uh, fire when I needed to break an elemental blocking path thing majig. So I don't really play with the elemental system too much. Yeah, um, you really need to do it like when you had to figure out what how to break those like barriers, you know. That's yeah. That's the only time you really need to have elements on your equipment. Yeah, you can also. So speaking of them, uh, the way that it works is uh, in this world uh, instead of in Suikoden, how you just had runes and you can have a, a rune on your. Left arm, right, uh, or left hand, right hand, and head. Um, in this world, at least so far as we've seen from this game, um, you now have ruined lenses, which are uh, some kind of magical energy that are crystallized into a solid form or something, and you can put uh, runes in them. Um, so far, we've only seen runes that are of elemental type. So uh, each one of the characters gets a rune lens, and you can have one for uh, your weapon and also for your armor. And the one that you put in your weapon obviously changes the attack type from ne uh, neutral to whatever element you put in. And then you put it in your armor, and it changes it from neutral to whatever element the armor uh, or the element of the rune that you put in the armor is. And you get improved defenses versus the element that it's superior to. So you take, like, uh, it doesn't tell you, like, a percentage or a stat. It just says you take reduced damage from, like, if you have Earth, you take reduced reduce damage from whatever the fuck it's strong to you. I can't remember. But you really and don't, then, it doesn't really matter because the game is kind of pretty easy enough where it's not necessary, even on, like, hard. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I turned the game on. <laughs> so the elements are, uh, each element has its own weakness. Earth is weak against wind. Wind against fire, fire against water, water against earth. So it's kind All of, right. it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. So wind is weak against fire, which normally that's not the case, right? I don't think, I think normally it's weak against earth or it's one of, the, one of those two have some kind of interplay. Like I think normally in games, like water beats fire. Yeah. And then uh, fire beats Maybe fire does beat wind normally, and then wind beats earth, and then earth beats water. I don't know. I don't know. Now I'm all fucked up. <laughs> well, anyways, it's it's not normal. It's a little something's messed up with it. But anyways, um, but yeah, that helps. Like, uh, so to equip rooms, you have to first get a rune lens, uh, which. I think you find the first one, and you, you, I think you might find all, all three of them for your characters. Like, uh, yeah, like when you defeat some bosses, and they'll drop a rune lens because CJ is trying to find the biggest rune lens she can for her uh, village or whatever the fuck. Yeah, for her uh, rite of passage, and then so you, then you can equip runes in the rune lens, but you can only equip a level one rune uh, until you. Until you upgrade your rune lens to level two and level three. So, I'm sure it does something, but I didn't notice. 
I was doing enough damage to kill shit in like two, three hits anyway, so... Yeah. Except, except when you're using an element in your weapon that is weak against whatever element you're fighting, then you do half damage, and it's really noticeable. Yeah, 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 that's true. Then you just switch characters. It's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, I think uh, also uh, Isha can do a charge attack with her magic, too. But, can she? Yeah, I just did it. Yep, she can. Oh, I never used that. Interesting. So you can charge. But th the thing is, it's like, only time you would probably use that is on bosses, but usually bosses are moving too fast, and like the last bosses of the game, like y y she just gets wrecked so easily. So the last boss was the first time I struggled with a boss. Yeah, I still like I still won without dying, but I was like, "Whoa, shit! My dudes are getting their ass kicked." Yeah, I actually <laughs> had to use some items to like heal myself because I didn't realize that like the um the last boss was like healing itself all the time. Well, yeah, so it's it's the first time in the game where it actually has mechanics you're supposed to, like, figure out, rea react to, because everything else, is, it has, like, one attack, uh, and then you, re like, respond to the attack or whatever. Well, I would say, like, the one bot, the, the, st the, the stone boss where, like, you have to, like, hit, hit the, the rocks back at him, you kind of have to figure that out, I guess. Well, yeah, but that one's kind of, if you stand away from it, it like shoots a thing out, and it's got the little indicator that says it could be hit. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what I do. Right. Yeah. But with the, with the final boss, it like it drops shit on the the ground that hurts you if you stand in it. It drops zombies all the time, and you can't hit it until it brings its body down, and then it charges up an attack that hits you. I don't think you can dodge it if you're trying to attack the thing because it you have to. It has like what five seconds where its heads down. Yeah. And you can actually deal damage, but the whole time it's charging an attack, and you're gonna take a big hit because it does this like a uh, circle thing that comes out and i guess you could technically dodge through it but if you're doing that you're not doing damage to the boss yeah so my dumbass was just like fuck this and i just kept attacking it and i took a big chunk of damage every time and uh like you i didn't realize it was killing the zombies at the same time when it did that circle thing and then absorbing their health because i was like i thought it did more damage to the than this what the fuck <laughs> yeah yep but uh yeah, I mean that was a good chance. That was a good boss battle. Um, I didn't. I didn't have many issues with any of the boss battles. Sometimes they felt like just like decent. I guess most of the time they just felt decent. Like there wasn't a time where I was like, "Oh, this is." The, I think the making me have to think. The weakest ones probably uh, that ice the the snow mountain one where you're just hitting the faces and like dodging a little bit. It doesn't seem like that complicated. I was like, that this kind of sucks, but well, yeah, because it's got the two heads and they each do something different. Like one summons floating ice shit things that blow up on you or something. Then the other head shoots like ice on the ground, and you just got to jump over it right. and stay in the air. It's like okay. Um... It was only annoying because you had to stay in the air to hit the heads. I'm like, all right, this is dumb. <laughs> so yeah. uh... There's what five bosses in the game. Um, uh, yeah, you got the tree, you got the golem, you got the ice guy, you got the f lava snake thing, and then the final boss. Well, and you also have the before final boss boss, which yeah. I guess counts. Um, and each one of the the 
bosses you can fight over and over again. You just gotta make your way through that part of the stage. And they drop like one unique item, which I think you need a couple times to upgrade your weapon to max. Um, also for the fetch quests. Yeah. So character growth, I guess we can move on to that since that pretty much covers the battle system unless there's anything else. I think that's... Uh, no, I think that's... Uh, we didn't really go in depth on the, the link system. Oh, and yeah. that's... Uh... That's pretty much just, uh, you start the game with the ability to do two link attacks, and then as you grow the town, you get more, and then at the end of the game, if you get all of the stamps, you get this bond of friendship or something, and it lets you do infinite link attacks, but I never really used link attacks very much, because I preferred having control of my character. Yeah. But essentially, if you're in the middle of a combo and you switch to another character in the middle of the combo, you have to do it at the right time. Like, there is some timing to it, but you'll switch out to the character and they'll do a special attack. And then if you do a, an attack with another character and you still have a, a, like an empty link yeah, the, thing, the, icon. The only time I ever... You really, can do another one. You, the, time I, the, the only time I really used it, it's when you're fighting those... Uh, those monsters with the big shield. So I start attacking with CJ, and then I go to Guru so he can break the shield, and then back to CJ, and then I just try to like get to five to kill it. But by the time you get okay, to, by the time I got to like the third link, he was already dead. I just did the rest of the links just to you know max it out. <laughs> but when I was fighting things, I would just try to switch to like if I had a shield, I'd switch to Guru and break the shield and then switch to CJ without doing the link because I felt like her link attack did like half the damage and I could just sit there in front of the enemy while it was stunned for like two or three seconds and do like triple the damage I mean, by just sitting in front of it attacking. So I was like, all right, let's do that. Yeah, to me it didn't really make a difference because the fight lasted two or three seconds anyway, so I just had more fun linking, I guess. <laughs> That's fair. So, Um... But yeah, that, that's basically a battle system. I mean, it's I would say it's uh, enjoyable. It's not like super in depth or anything. Like you know, kids can play this game and pick it up pretty pretty easily and have fun. You know, if you're like ten, this would be an awesome game. You know what I mean? It's super accessible and it's not really for hardcore players, which I guess is what they're leaning towards anyway. Right. Because they want to get as much exposure for the series as possible, I would assume. Yeah. And so the best way to do that would be to have it be accessible to as many people as possible. And there weren't any, like, and this is, like, storyline stuff, but there weren't any, like, hard-hitting themes or anything like that. It was just, like, a perfectly delightful experience. Yeah. That's the best way I could say it. Um, so character growth, uh, you just gain uh, experience by uh, killing monsters and you level up. Uh, I don't know if there's a... I think it just goes up every time you level Right? The amount of experience you need? Yeah, or is it the same? No, it definitely goes up. Because uh, you have to play on hard, pretty much, to where you get like double or triple experience points to level, like to actually hit the higher levels. So yeah, if you look at the stats, there's a stats page, and it'll show your XP out of how much you need to get the next level up. And then you max out at level 50. So like... My CJ is at level fifty and XP is zero out of zero that she needs. So, um, what else? Well, since you're in the since you're in the menu, 
Just, uh, what are the stats? Oh, the stats. You got uh, max, you got hit, hit points, physical attack power, physical defense power, magic defense power, critical hit rate, and luck. So. Most of them are self-explanatory, but luck is item drop rate, yeah. I guess. Or uh, how often you critical hit. Well, no, that's because that's such a critical hit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you get, like, an awesome accessory where your critical uh, hit rate's 100%. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, it says yeah, it says every hit's a, a critical hit, and then it just gives you a 1,000 or 100 critical hit rate. So you get my uh, at one point, my um, CJ had, like, 200-something critical hit rate. And it's like, I wish this would work like some other games where if you have a higher, over 100% critical hit rate, it, del- like, it does, like, a double critical. Mm. That would have been cool. Not necessary, though, I guess, in this game, because you're already ready. No. Um, Speaking of things that aren't necessary, uh, in addition to growing uh, your character stats through leveling up, you cannot, there's also a restaurant tavern thing um, that you can unlock recipes in. And each recipe will not only restore your health, but also give you a very small to okay amount of stats for a particular stat that you are wanting to increase. So I guess it's technically possible to have like completely maxed stats eventually if you want to, but definitely not necessary. Yeah, so that's permanent stat increase, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once I, uh, once I, I, I just kind of like assumed that because uh, I didn't never saw it go back down, but I didn't really like look into it. But I just kept giving it to CJ, so she just be like max and everything. So her attack power is like eleven hundred twenty six. And then Guru's is 80, and he's supposed to be the heavy. <laughs> oh shit! So I just I just kept giving her all this, all the things. Um. So, yeah, that's that's about it for character growth, I'd say. Um. Well, I think we should combine character growth with shops because they're pretty much intertwined. Okay. Because well, for the most part, uh, like so the you have a smithy. You have a weapon shop and you have an armor shop, and you need to do stamp sub quest things, whatever, to unlock more items in each one of the shops. And the smithy lets you upgrade your weapon. The, um, or I guess sharpen if that's what you're used to in Suikoden. And the weapon shop allows you to unlock a different weapon but it's not different because it's the same weapon it just has a different color and it essentially just lets you it gives you a slight stat increase but then unlocks a different ability for that weapon yeah so the smithy fortifies your weapons is what it says and armor to improve their performance and then the weapon shop upgrades your weapons by making them more lightweight and easier to, to use unlocking new attacks and then the armor shop increases your freedom of movement your defense and the amount of actions you can perform by upgrading your armor. And these are where you go to get new like abilities. Like you don't have the option to double jump, you don't have the option to dash, you don't have the ability to attack up or down until you upgrade your equipment. Yep. So, it's kind of a cool like interesting system. Um, there's also the inn uh, where you can take a bath and you get some like upgrades basically depending on what kind of bath you take. 
and then it, you level up the inn, so you get more uh, stat increases. And those last until you uh, you rest. So to get your hit points back up, you can uh, either use an item or you can rest at your house that you get at the very beginning of the game. Um, there's also an accessory shop where you know you gotta be able to, you have to have the materials to create the uh, accessory first, and then after that. Well, that this applies to everything though in the yeah. game yeah so everything like accessories uh your weapon uh there's a apothecary shop a tool shop everything like that you have to have all the uh materials which you get from defeating enemies or there's some uh breakable objects on screen or sometimes it's just like a shiny thing on the ground that you can pick up um that you need to collect, um, which is a, like a, I guess it'd be one of, the, one of the main parts of the game. Um, but going back to shops real quick, uh, there's an apothecary where you get he healing medicines and uh, kind of stat increase things you can you can use. The tool shop, uh, which is uh, where you can upgrade your axe, so you can cut when you cut like lumber the trees down, you get the different upgrades uh there's like three levels of lumber you can get based on your axe skill uh pickaxe which is like your rock uh upgrades uh you get fishing rods and traps um fishing rods you can do like a fishing mini game which basically is just a button press it's not very not very good i guess fishing mini game i forgot that that was the mini game almost uh and then there's traps where you can trap, like set a trap down in certain parts of the map, uh, and then it's like a chance of you like catching a, a something and you get meat that you can use to make food with. Um, and the chance is fucking low as shit. <laughs> the amount of times, like I'd go into a dungeon, I'd put down like ten traps. It felt like, and it'd come out, and it's like you got one meat. I'm like, how the fuck? I put ten traps down. Like, all right. See how it is. Uh, there's a pawn shop where you can sell your items, and then there's like certain items you get uh, in the game where you only just like they don't do anything. You have like the whole main point of them is to sell them. There's like coins and stuff like that you can sell. Uh, the fossils and like old trinkets and shit. Yeah. Uh, the trading post where you uh, you can trade for upgraded materials if you have a bunch of like. The lower like version you can upgrade them or uh where you have your like every five stamps you get you get a different like a you get something from the trading post guy uh the bag maker uh where it basically upgrades like how many resources you can hold uh or also your snow pack yeah the snow pack which holds your potions so I think you start off with 5, then it upgrades to 10, then gets to 15. Um, the Rune Shop, where you can buy the upgraded runes. The Lens Forge, uh, where you upgrade your rune holder, your lens. Rune Lens is. Uh, there's a farm, where you can get like different vegetables and fruits and stuff. And then the Pasturage is where you get like milk and pudding or yogurt and some other kind of foods um so yeah there's a lot of different uh you know 
shops in this game, which you start with no no shops and you kind of build up this town, which, you know, that's kind of a fun thing I like to have in games where you kind of start with, you know, a shitty town, you build up the town to be awesome. I mean, it's not like the like the most unique thing in this game or it's not particularly amazing, but it's just kind of scratches that itch I have sometimes. Okay. I did. I had a problem with it only because I like I understand what they're calling back to with like Swickedon, yeah. where like you have the castle that gets built up. But with Swickedon, it only gets built up because you recruit people. In this game, it gets built up because you do a bunch of bullshit fetch quests for people. Yeah. Like, if I have one gripe, it's that I wish the quests were more like either they were way less or that they were way more engaging because uh, sometimes you get a quest and it's like walk one screen to the right and talk to an NPC and come back. I'm like, why are you wasting my time? Well, they probably had to build up the the gameplay time on this thing, so... Oh, for sure. Because this, this is probably like a five-hour game and are like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Alright, throw in the fest quest. So, yeah, that's a, I guess that's a disclaimer, I would say, like, if you're not a fan of the fest fetch quests and they're not they're not bad um but there there's a lot of them i think what 160 stamps yeah but some of them you get from the main quest so probably 140 i would say fetch like side quests yeah um so yeah there's a stamp system which is part of the game where you get stamps for doing the fetch quests and like i said the there you go to the trade post to uh, kind of like collect on those at first uh it's part of the story where you have to do so many before you can go into the actual like main dungeons and stuff um what else on gameplay are we missing uh travel i guess oh. like fast travel and all that stuff yes yeah, so there's fast travel in the town where you just hit like uh, basically like the big start button and you can go to any of the screens. Like the only thing I don't like about the fast travel is that it doesn't tell you where it is. You know what I mean? But you have to find it like on your own. Hold on. I'm... What do you mean? Like okay. Like what's next? Well, what's next? The one thing. What's which is next to the other thing? Uh, so what shows on the map? The the nodes or whatever. Yeah, the nodes. But if you look at like, if you hit the main menu button, it's like a different like how everything connects with a line, you know. Okay. I wish that was kind of combined with the. Oh, I see what you mean. So, like, it had, like, the label of the nodes. Like, hey, this is farm. This is pasturage. This is uh, yeah. plaza. This is outskirts or whatever. But it doesn't show how they're connected. It just shows you the nodes. Which, it's not so bad in the town, but it sucks when you're doing the, like, um, when you're in the actual dungeons. Like, it doesn't, you don't know what, like, where exactly you're at. You kind of have to, like, hit... You hit start, and then you have to go hit select to kind of see where that where that is at. Because you're like, I need to go to this part of uh, uh, of the quarry, you know. But yeah, see what you mean. For me, 
it wasn't that big a deal because I guess I memorized which order I found the signposts in. Because on the like on the when you go to when you go to the signpost and you pick a location to fast travel to, they're in order of like when you found them. So the only time it really was kind of an issue was when this was in the snowflakes or like the rune barrows where you have to go back and forth so many times and yeah. none of them are actually like connected really. That was the that's what, that's what I'm talking about. The that's the annoying one. It's like I can't remember if I'm like in the rune barrels. Yeah, it's like interwoven between. Um, it's interwoven between the snow peak and the lava ruins, so yeah, like you're you're trying to, you're like at a signpost at fast travel, which is how you fast travel in, uh, the dungeons, and you're like, okay, I need to get. So, you're looking at like the the modules or whatever the nodes, and like I can't remember which one's next to which one because they're like all like, kind of all on the same screen, you know? Then you hit select. And you're like, okay, that's 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 where that signpost is, that's where that signpost is. Uh, I don't know. It's not like a huge deal. It's just a minor annoyance. So, yeah. Let's see. I think that's... I think, I guess, that's almost, that's essentially it. And I guess since we're talking about travel and gameplay, like we said before, it's a 2D platformer, Metroidvania thing. Um, and there's not much platforming. There are some like uh, areas where there's a bunch of verticality and you are, you need like your, the abilities you've unlocked to get through them. Um, and usually to get through a new, a new area, you just run to the end of the screen. But sometimes uh, per plot reasons, you have to find a ruin lens and... Yeah activate a men here they do have like a gatekeeping system uh in the beginning of the game so you can't go too far without like progress progressing through the plot because you don't get like you'll find like a something's blocking the path and then you can't break it until you get this you know particular element of runelands so you have to come back later also, if you early game, if you go to an area that you're able to actually access, but you're not supposed to be there yet, like CJ, would be like, oh, I'm supposed to go turn this thing in. I'll go do that first, and it won't let you actually get to that point, which is kind of annoying, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was gameplay. I mean, I had a, I had a good good enough time with it. Maybe it was a little longer than I would have liked because. You know, towards the end, you're just like, oh, more fetch quests. Just want to be done with the fetch quests, you know. And it's a, I guess it's only an issue if, it, you're, if you're like us and trying to platinum the game. Like, if you're just going to play it just to play it, you, you can skip a whole bunch of the shit, so. Oh, yeah. You can, you can almost essentially just do the main storyline and be fine. Yeah. And if you just... And, so like I mean this game only cost me seven bucks because I was kickstartering back you know backed it way back like a year or two ago, so I mean for for, for me seven dollars it's like way worth it so. Uh, yeah, I've paid ten dollars for super shitty games that have taken twice as long, and it's like wow, this is a good deal for seven bucks. I mean I paid tw- what did I pay like twenty bucks for Pure Solar. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Alright, well, I guess we'll get into likes, dislikes. Uh, is there anything you particularly liked about the gameplay? I thought the gameplay was... I mean, I liked 
the the main gameplay, the attacking, and I mean the beginning of the game. Like I, th- I thought, like the the carrot kind of was, you know, was the initial carrot like you're trying to get, like building up the town and going through the dungeon and doing the battles and then the story plot. I thought that was kind of balanced pretty good towards the in, at least in the beginning, and then towards the end it kind of ran its course, but. It wasn't. It didn't really overstay its welcome. It was just like I'm done. You know, I'm I'm ready to be done. So yeah. Uh, like I said, the only thing I didn't like was you have fast travel, but like the later dungeons, you have to like fast travel to the farm to fast travel to like the ruin thingy. Um. Oh yeah, there's one other uh, mini game is like that little stone rune. You have to like do like the little pipe game. Yeah. Uh, to activate it the first time, which they aren't very hard. Like you just keep twisting the rock until. Uh, if you ever played like the uh, PC game pipes, where you like connect the pipe from one end to the other, that's that's what that is. So. They've also used it in Bioshock when you're hacking oh, stuff. Yeah, Bioshock. Bioshock, yeah, that's what. Uh. Except you're not like on a time limit or anything. It's just like. You, you can literally just stay open for ten hours or whatever if you want. If you're really stuck, like, <laughs> but you just spin the the squares around. Yeah, it's, there's only so many squares, so it's not going to take you forever. I mean, like I said, a five year old could probably figure it out too eventually. <laughs> there was one I was stuck on for like five minutes because for some reason my brain couldn't like figure out why the path wasn't working right, and I was like, I'm spinning all these fucking squares. Why can't this thing go right? Yeah, and there, there's like some alternate like route that my brain wasn't thinking about, and like in the far like corner or something, and like I just rotated the square over there once, and it's like, oh, it's it's done. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> well, there's there's one. I think the last one. There's only like one path you can literally take, so it's just got it's trial and error, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, the 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 only. Yeah, like I said, the only grab I had was, like, you have to fast travel to the farm to fast travel to the other dungeons to fast travel to the sign. So I think they could have streamlined that a little bit better, uh, save some time for us, you know? Because you, you, you are going through those final dungeons, like, a few times, so uh, side quest and, get you know, gather, like, materials and stuff for your, your weapon upgrades, but... Um... Yeah, I can agree with you. Like, I feel like instead of giving you the fast travel to the farm then here, they just make you automatically teleport to that part of the room barrows. Right, that'd be that'd be better. But <clears throat> minor gripe. Uh, other than that, I, I enjoyed the game. I had a good time. Um, got me, you know, it's a little appetizer until Hundred Heroes comes out. Uh, you know, it was it was good for what they did, and it was. For like a basically a free game, they did a good job on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, things I liked about gameplay were um, how when you finally unlocked everything, uh, everything flowed really well. Um, I never had any issues with like, except for one. For some reason, sometimes I don't know why this happened. I, I don't know if it was when I was dodging or something, but if I was holding like left and then and I dodged and I needed to go like the opposite direction pretty quickly, my controls would get stuck like 
and I'd be moving in that one direction. That's all I could do until like I jumped or something. Something broke me out of that, and it fucked me up a couple times when I was fighting. And I don't know what the fuck happened, like why I did that, like why the controls got stuck. But it's ha it happened like ten times over the course of the game, hmm. which is kind of it's super irritating. And I don't know how to replicate it. It just it happened. Um, aside from that, when everything worked fine, it was pretty smooth, uh, didn't have any issues, like, doing combos or anything like that. Um, as for dislikes, <laughs> uh, I hate, 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 hate in these kind of games where you get, you pretty much start off with jack fucking shit with, like, the ability to do anything, and you gradually, like, unlock shit, and then it makes the game good, because I... I don't care to unlock abilities. I want to be able to, like, play the fucking game. Yeah. Like, how it's meant to be played. Like, they design in these games so many things around the abilities, but then they, you know, they cut you off from them until, like, certain milestones in the game. And I'm like, it's not gonna... I'm not gonna hate the game if I can suddenly double jump at the beginning of the game or, like, string together combos or attack up. Yeah. I can attack things above me. I'm not gonna be like, oh, man... This game's ass. I can attack up without unlocking it. No. Right. So I said, yeah, like, I agree with like. I wish they would have had double jump from the start. Like, really, you're gonna make me go through the dungeon a couple times without double jump. Like, it just feels so natural to double jump. You know. Yeah. It's like part of this kind of game. You, you got to double jump. It's just, it's just part of like rhythm and flow. Like, it flows so much better when you can like double jump and slide and glide and. Yeah, and air dash and all that shit. Like. Yeah. It's just, it feels like things that are necessary to enjoy the game, and they they don't give them to you immediately. Mm -hmm. And it's always my problem with platformers. Like, they make you have to wait. Like, it doesn't matter what platformer it is. Like, they make you wait for these upgrades that are almost quality of life essential. Yeah. Because they make everything just feel so much better playing the game. Like, the, the amount of fun I have playing a platformer at the end of the game is greatly enhanced Versus the beginning of the game because it feels like a fucking drag. Yeah, I get that. But I mean, I guess that's the way they do them, and people fucking love that shit, so it's never gonna change. Uh, like, I would personally like to see something instead of like when you upgrade your weapons and armor and getting like more like abilities. Like, I would have liked if that unlocked just like a, a different like a slot for your, a rune or something, and you can and you can press a button to. Like uh, hot, like a uh, like hot switch or whatever between the two different uh, rune elements you have on your weapon, so that you don't have to go to the menu and then un like equip a new fucking rune onto the weapon and then back out of the menu because that's clunky too. But whatever the games, the game was fun enough for what it was, um, <laughs> and I guess I'm just nitpicking. Yeah. yeah uh, so I, it's not like a masterpiece or anything, uh, but it was really enjoyable. And aside from the one, like, bug I had, nothing felt awful uh, for the, the, the type of game that it is. And I'd give gameplay a three and a half. Cool. So, first musical break. Uh, as is tradition, this will be the main theme of the game and represented by Brent's pick. So this is the, I guess, main mini music. So, um, I guess... Uh, I don't know, what's the it's not confession but like the the phrase people use like before something happens like uh 
this whatever like disclaimer yes uh we only found like what four songs on youtube so yeah. you're getting those songs <laughs> yeah they may not be necessarily our our, our preferred picks uh, but it's what we have available at this point in time luckily my uh, pick was the preferred one so yeah uh, i mean i like i like we'll get into this in the music voice acting section but i i liked most of the music so like all of them are okay song picks it's just i would have preferred different ones for my personal preference kind of thing but here is the main 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 menu music Time for everybody's favorite category, story. I hope you have your uh, pillows and tea and whatever the fuck else you need to fall asleep. Because 
Well, this is really, that's what everybody does for story time. The story is pretty short, so it's not bad. I'm talking to you, Blaine, you bastard. What? I'm just calling out Blaine because he was fucking snoring last time we did the storyline thing. Was he really snoring? Yeah, he was on the fucking. He was snoring <laughs> on his phone. I don't know. He's like, oh, I fell asleep. I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> I know I'm boring, but goddamn. <clears throat> He's old. Um, he's, so he's old, so everything. I mean, he can fall asleep pretty pretty easily at this point. Yeah, I guess so. It's what it's like forties, I guess. Yeah, forty-two. Fucking old ass. Yeah. Goddamn. All right, story. So this is, I would probably say, thirty uh, percent uh, of the game. Um, essentially. Uh, the main character is CJ. She is a treasure hunter from a long line of treasure hunters, and uh, their um, right of adulthood is to go and find a treasure greater than the, your ancestors found. So for CJ, that is her dad found a giant rune lens, and she has to go find one that's even bigger. And I guess news came out about this town that recently had this underground dungeon thing, it, like, uh, come out of the ground, I guess, from an earthquake. Yeah, there's an earthquake, and they, and they found, like, old, like, um, ruins, I guess. Yeah, they had a group of villagers go in to try to explore it, and none of them came back. Well, I guess one person came back, but uh, the, the mayor of the town... Went missing in there, and so her or his daughter has become acting mayor, and she put out a notice that they want, uh, because the town got fucked up somehow, like all the buildings are destroyed and shit, and they want people adventurers to come in to explore the the ruins, and anything they find they can uh, keep, but they have to give like thirty percent profit back to the town, and uh, you also need a a pass to get into the dungeon and that costs like i don't know 100k or something uh and that's just the the girl trying to get money to bring the town back to its previous state i presume so so isha is the girl you're, you're referring to and she is the acting mayor who becomes a party member later yes uh they also uh call her rapacious a lot uh, which is a word I hadn't heard in a very long time. And uh, they use it a lot. And I don't know if it's the wisest decision in this uh, current political, social climate. Because uh, most people I know that when they find a new word, they don't actually look up the new word to understand what it means. And instead, they take it on base value, I guess. So rapacious sounds kind of like rape. Oh. So I would assume people... I guess misreading things. So what does potentially? <laughs> what does rapacious mean then? It's an greedy. Oh, I I was just kind of going off context that like she's kind of uh, good at like getting money from people. That's kind of what I took it as. Yeah, I guess like the the context is that like they do a, a rapacious person does things uh, to extract the most value out of situations as possible. That yeah, that's what I, that's what I kind of figured out from context. I didn't look it up. Yeah, 
It's just, uh, I like, last time I heard that word was in a novel a very long time ago. And I was like, whoa, I haven't seen that word in a long time. And so I like when games do that, because, uh, like, I initially learned how to read as a mix between, like, gaming and reading books. Yeah. Um, so the for me, that's like a, what's that? I was going to say the dictionary, uh, just, I just Googled it, but aggressively greedy or grasping. So that's the main. Essentially. Thing. Yeah. Like she, that's like, that's, I guess that's how she acts in the game, uh, in the storyline. She's trying to get as much money out of everybody as possible. Yeah. So, cause every time she has an interaction with somebody, she's always haggling and trying to get, uh, like a good deal or whatever. And all the NPCs are always like, oh, she is rapacious. And she, but she doesn't like being called rapacious, so she like. I guess that's that's part of the the comedy. Yeah. In the and game. I, in this case, I don't think it's a bad thing because she's doing it for the town. Yeah, she's not self selfish. She's yeah. Do everything she's doing is for the betterment of the town and the people that live in it. So it's not a negative trait, in my opinion. Right. Even though everybody's teasing her about it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So CJ comes to town. Uh. On the way into town, she uh, finds a crocodile man being attacked by bandits, and she saves him. And he's like, oh, hey, I'm from New Nevea, the town where they're recruiting adventurers. Are you trying to head there, too? And she's like, yeah, I'm trying to go in there and find some treasure, because uh, we got to find a bigger ruin lens of my dad, or whatever. And his name is Hogan, and yes, he is definitely Australian, and... Uh... I think yeah, he's got that uh, like crocodile Dundee cap and shit. Right, and I think crocodile's real name is Hogan or something like that. Is it really? Well, I'm googling it. <laughs> I think something Hogan. So Paul Hogan. Yep, there you go. Oh yeah, okay. So I was like, oh, I see what you did there, translation team. Nice. So, well, yeah, because uh, Guru the kangaroo is his like the what the last five letters of kangaroo is his name, and he's got a kid named Wallaby. Yeah, which is uh, I guess another type of marsupial. It's not, I don't think it's a kangaroo, but it's let's see. Yeah. So yeah, Wallaby is yeah just a smaller kangaroo almost. Just like the interactions, and I mean the story isn't deep in any means, but. The way they talk to each other and everything gets me kind of like I'm, I'm interested in how the political stuff's gonna like go, you know, because this is like not political at all. It's just like gotta help the town, build the town. Uh, it's kind of political because like when they get to the end, yeah. near the end, like they learn that the mayor was like being almost forced to, uh, like give all like give rights to the town and mining or something to the empire which is we don't know what the empire is yet yeah we don't know uh, what's good and what's bad because it's like oh this is bad well this is bad and you're like uh i don't know i have no context so i can't tell you know what's what because there's there's nothing to go off of and i wish there was like, yeah. a map, like a world map or something because that kind of like makes helps me like visualize like okay the, you know the country in the east or the country in the north or whatever like i can they can visualize it a little bit better and i can like put i need to kind of like pictures with it you know to remember definitely so it's like it's unfortunate that they reference like an overarching plot 
right. when we don't actually have any experience with that yet because this is a like a self-contained story but it's like this is the, not this, really yeah this town because and these characters are going to play a major role in the main game yeah there's at least going to be a combined attack between these three characters when you get them and you know like, there better be and then, like you know like malore or whatever that little like magic girl you're gonna be like okay she's definitely recruitable eventually in the new game and I'm guessing like any of these Hogan, he's probably gonna be in the in the in the next game and stuff like that. Like, cause yeah, yeah, Squawk is gonna be too. Yeah, and like all these unique looking characters, they're gonna be there. And then like, you know, even like kind of what's kind of cool is like some of the characters that they're just walking through the town are like references to other. I, f I feel like Suikoden characters. Like, there's like a background character that looks like Flick. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's a singer girl named Jean who's got uh, TNA, and that's what Jean was known for. And it's they're like, fuck it, we're keeping Jean. We're just gonna spell it different. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, good job. I'm 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 down with that. I'm I I love me some Jean. So. Hell yeah. Um. Yeah. So, so essentially, like uh, Kevin said, the plot's pretty short. Like you get to the town. You do some odd jobs for people so that you can get the pass because you can't afford the pass that at the price she's charging. You get into the dent, the ruin barrows. Um, you go through there on the way. You kind of have some interactions with Guru, and he's kind of a standoffish guy. He's like pretty much like fuck off. Uh, eventually, though, you have to ally with him because you're both looking to get through the ruin barrows, and you need each other's abilities to progress. Uh, and then the CJ and Guru develop like an uneasy friendship, which culminates into like an actual friendship in the end of the game between CJ, Guru, and Isha, and I guess everybody among the town as well. Yeah. Um, I think they built up the relate like the 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 main thing on the story is like building the relationship between the three characters. Like yeah, they, they become friends, and I, I think they did a good job of pulling that off, like making it believable. Like they don't start off as friends or friendly. And then over time, um, they eventually like where like f figure out. Oh, I do care for this person, and um, you know the attention, like the intentions of Guru, like first seem like oh he's gonna double cross or he's got something bad, but then you know the reveal at the end makes makes it like oh okay that makes sense, and then. Well, yeah, it's, it's one of those. The reveal, though, is it's one of those things where it could could have gone either way if yeah. CJ wasn't as like friendly as she is, if she was just kind of like a gruff adventurer type, where they kind of they kept clashing and they didn't actually form a relationship. I definitely could see Guru being like, "Yeah, fuck these people." And I think my favorite thing that um, the interaction between uh, Guru and CJ was uh, every time they had to like put a lens in, and she had like jump on his back. Like, at first, she's like, hey, stand over here so I can jump on your back. He's like, no, fuck you, or whatever. And she, he's like, just do it. And then he's like, okay, fine, fuck it. And then towards the end, he's like, hop on up. Yeah. <laughs> the last one, you know, you're like, yeah, they're friends now. <laughs> yeah, I really, I I really like it. Every time somebody's like, uh, like, like somebody has a request, and Guru's like, yeah, we're going to get paid. And CJ's like, oh, I just want a stamp. And he's like, what the fuck is up with you in stamps? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every time, like even to the end of the game, he's like, "Yeah, like somebody comes up, he's like, let me guess, you just want a fucking stamp? All right, yeah, whatever, stamp away." 
he kind of just, uh, I guess, comes to terms with the fact that he's not going to get any bounty from anybody, just a stamp. Yeah, but and, going through, like, I think uh, just going through the dungeons and, like, collecting materials is where they get their, their, the meat of their, their money anyway. So I think he realizes that having her, you know, go through those with him is more valuable than just that one payday from that one person. I think actually it's more uh he was trying to get money to save his daughter or whatever yeah. and then by the by the end of the game he realizes that uh because of the like the secret they found uh which is that Isha was born with a ruin lens in her and they had found a way to uh so there so there was <laughs> yeah, I guess this town had like a, a history like a legend of some evil sorcerer that did something to the town, but people came and uh, like trapped a sorcerer somewhere in the ruin barrows, and that's why the old people are kind of like, "Yeah, we don't want adventurers going in the fucking ruin barrows." Well, what really, like, I guess what they show is that the people rose up against the sorcerer and used his magic against him and trapped him. Basically, well, well, there were two groups of people because you had the people that were being experimented on, and then like I guess normal people, and all the people that were being exper experimented on rose up and rebelled and i guess most of them died yeah or, or they all died uh but the magic died. that the sorcerer had casted in in the rune barrows uh like was re like residual and recurring and like every couple i guess every generation or two or something somebody in the town would, would be born with a rune lens in their body and they would have blue hair and they'd be able to cast magic and nobody really knew why Oh yeah, and but this, they would die this, when they were like eighteen or something. And in in this uh, world, the only way you can cast magic is with the rune and rune lens, unless like, so it was it was rare for someone not to have that and be able to cast magic, uh, like Isha can. So that was kind of like yes. a mystery in this game until you found out she has a rune in uh, in her, which I called early on. Because as soon as we got the runes, and they're talking about like only people can use magic with ruin lenses or and runes or whatever, I'm like, she's got a ruin in her body or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, lo and behold, she was born with a ruin lens in her. And then she has like an identity crisis and shit. And at the end of the day, uh, they're able to disable the magic that was killing all the people that were born with ruin lenses. Um, but they still don't know like how much longer she's got alive so there might be a, like a plot thread in 100 heroes yeah it's probably gonna be something like that where you guess and uh like i guess i can't remember exactly what happens at the very end like but uh guru leaves i guess i guess get his daughter from where where she's being held captive or whatever the fuck the evil people were doing to them uh because she has like some kind of sickness and they think they can find a way to cure her by also fixing isha i think was what i got from it yeah, I but um, call that either. we so we kind of skipped through like the middle part of the story, which is uh, the mayor has gone missing, and Isha originally wants to explore the ruin barrows because she wants to find her dad. Right, and uh, when they find when dad, yeah, CJ and Guru find him or find like some weird guy dancing, and they're like, "Hey, this we found this dude that looks like this, and he was dancing. Do you anything about this?" And she's like, "Oh, that sounds like my dad." Let's go. I'm gonna go with you to see see him or like 
confirm this or whatever. And they also needed somebody that could use magic to break this barrier, uh, like, thing. So that's the only person they knew that could use magic, because the magical girl, Melor, or whatever, is kind of a ditzy, dumb bimbo, almost, character, who just does whatever the fuck she wants. And uh, they're currently, at that point in time, having conflict with her. So they're like, well, we can't use her. We need somebody else to cast magic. So long story short, they go into the dungeon with Isha. Like they find the dad, uh, the dad, but he's like summons uh, golems to attack them and doesn't respond to, to her calling out daddy. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Then they eventually, like, they go through the dungeon, the barrows. Uh, they get to the the secret area where the sorcerer was, and they learn all the stuff about how he was doing experiments on originally monsters. But they weren't generating like a, a big enough rune lens for him, so for some reason he switched the people because I guess they have a greater capacity for growth or something, and you need that to in order to get a good quality rune lens. And then, um, and what do rune lenses do again? Just make you able to use magic? Yeah, you could put a rune in them, and they, I guess they act as like a catalyst or something to transfer the energy like they don't really explain the system behind it they're just like yeah everybody needs rune lenses to do magical shit right so my assumption would be it's some kind of it's a lens so it's probably some kind of disc and, and you just like adhere to... a rune to it it's not like he was trying to get as many rune lenses as he could to combine them maybe or rune you know by growing them in people to make a bigger lens is what it seemed like he was trying to do yeah to use it to power, power something, you know. Take it to the world, or whatever he's doing, his evil sorcerer. Yeah. But, um, when you finally uh, get to, like, the last area, uh, you find, like, you're harassed by this Imperial guy, uh, who's, like, been the leader of these Rune Lens bandits that you've been fighting off the entire time. And he says that Guru's been working for him, and it's time for Guru to, like, finally do the betrayal or whatever and he, so he's like no I'm not going to do that because these people are like family now so you fight off the, the minion guy then you fight the final boss and then there's like a cutscene at the end but it's all like a black void thing and you just have some dialogue yeah I hate that and uh the bat, the bat, the main bad guy that the the minion guys talk to is named Mighty Ducks and I was like is, what the fuck is this <laughs> Maybe it's Dukes. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, but I'm like I'm expecting a hockey playing duck to make their uh, reveal in Hundred Heroes, and he's gonna be the bad guy. I didn't really pay attention to the name. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the plot. Like I know, we kind of did it out of order, but honestly, it's essentially just some girl does odd jobs for people in town to build the town up while looking for the mayor and saving the mayor's daughter. And then she gets a letter from her dad. The it was the journey of trying to find uh, the. He didn't tell her that uh, the treasure was her. His treasure was her, and yeah. And then her, he was hoping she would find treasure, which is her friends that she made. Um, and they then they reveal that CJ stands for Crown Jewel, which is kind of a little funny thing that like oh. That's kind of. I, I thought it was that was uh, cute. I guess you, I would say, like a cute... her dad's name's like Gold Brick or something. <laughs> yeah, so it's much. like fucking what? 
I think it's kind of funny. Like, okay, that, that, like that's why she goes by CJ because she's embarrassed that her name's Crown Jewel. So, because like he's like, "You're my Crown Jewel" or whatever. So. Yeah. So that was that was cool. It was kind of cute. Yeah, I like that. That's cheesy. I I like cheese sometimes. Yeah, I like that. Most of the dialogue was cheese in a, in some way, and, but it was like good cheese. Uh, as opposed to like, so it was an eye roll. It, yeah, it's well, it's it's one of those things where like how good the dialogue is is so much more pronounced coming off of something like Pure Solar, where the dialogue was so fucking terrible. And it's like, even though the dialogue in this is it's not like groundbreaking or it's not like incredibly moving, uh, which it can be in some in some parts, where I, I was definitely was touched uh, with a lot of the dialogue in this game in certain areas. It's leagues above above something like pure solar where you have people that have no fucking idea what they're doing writing dialogue versus people that are competent writing dialogue so so are you saying that people should play pure solar just so they have a better uh understanding of like good writing and good gameplay like there's a better it's like a measuring stick like this is well i think brent and i were had a shared opinion on this where it's you you almost you need to have like shit in your diet so to say when you're consuming media that way you can appreciate like the full scale of yeah. how vast like the quality of things can be like if you're only eating like if you're only eating like gourmet food all the time then your palate is only tuned to really really good things so when you consume something that may be mediocre you're not your your palate your quality range isn't uh shit to immaculate it's mediocre to immaculate and so you call the the mediocre thing shit even though it's not shit which is why you get a lot of people out there who do reviews and they review a game that's okay or whatever right. and it people will be like oh this game is the worst fucking game I've ever played in my life it's shitty don't waste your two dollars on this motherfucking game I'd rather go out and shove a fucking cactus up my ass. And it's like, it's not, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not that bad. Go play something like Pure Solar or Monster Seed or something. Or Quest so, Exactly. Like, it's not, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. So, uh, that's why, that's why I keep making kind of references to Pure Solar. It's the most recent shitty thing we did. And then, like, I go out and see people, like, like that one guy's review I read who was like, oh, this game's fucking garbage. And it's like, it's not. It's not garbage. It's above average. I yeah, I think the, most of the reviews out there are pretty spot on. It's like between seventy to eighty out of a hundred. Yeah, it's not it's not groundbreaking. It's a good game, but holds up and it's cheap. Yeah, so it looks good too. I mean, I think the the art looks pretty good. I mean, the yeah, and the voice acting was good. The music's good. The the character models aren't like you know, they're kind of like marionette looking. I guess the way they move, but yeah, they they used a weird skeletal structure animation thing uh it definitely it's it looks similar to like sultan's sacrifice or sultan sanctuary i can't remember which one it was the first one was it looks like a very similar rigging system that they used in that game and it's just it looks kind of unnatural sort of yeah 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 uh but you kind of get used to it yeah we'll get more into that in visuals i guess um yeah but yeah the uh for what it is, I mean, 
it's above like it's above average. It's a good game. Um, there's some good character. Like I think the the game shines in the character moments. Like the story overall story has it's not a lot. There's not a lot there, but it's just enough where these characters can they have a mission. They they are around each other. They go through they go through something and become friends through it, and it makes it. And if that's what the whole point of this game was, then good job. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think that that's what it was. So that way, I think when we play the main game, I think I'm I know when I play the main game, I'm gonna be like, when do I get when do I get Gru? When do I get Gru? Can't wait to get Gru. <laughs> yeah, that's I think I think I'm I'm agreement with you that the story is kind of it takes a backseat to the character development. Yeah, because the the three characters, the three main characters, all have such distinct personalities. And they mesh so well with each other, and then the the NPCs, and they're so distinct as characters. And it's something I haven't experienced in a long time in a game, because usually everybody, uh, you could kind of like swap out like a person who's talking, and it would sound like you you could believe that that person is saying that because it's such a generic thing to be saying, right. I guess. Like Whereas in this are. game, each character has such a distinct personality that if you put like Guru saying something that CJ says, you're like, this is really yeah. off. Like something's really off about this. Right, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely, like you said, characters, the highlight of the game, everything else is average or above average for like plot narrative and stuff wise. Yeah. So, uh, did, well, did you dislike anything about the story? I didn't find anything. Uh, like like I said, uh, I guess the only thing I would say is like I wish there was more about the whole world instead of just this little town. Maybe some kind of thing you could look into, like book you could read or something like that. But I mean, other than that, like I enjoyed it. Like the them t- like interacting with each other and yeah, I, there was nothing I didn't like. I I guess so. I think, to me, it's a three and a half, like, because uh, the main story is, like, nothing to write home about, but, like, the character development kind of pushes it up a, a half point for me, you know? Yeah. So. I kind of uh, agree with you. And it's strange, because every other, like, a, a Sweden game has, like, a library. Yeah. So I'm wondering why they didn't have you build some kind of library or, like, newsstand or something in this game. Because that would have been a good way to inject some of that, hey, this is what's going on in the world even though it may not impact the story directly. Right. It could be like, oh, hey, war going on such and such place. But maybe they didn't want to show their hand for, like, the main story for 100 heroes. Who knows? Or they hadn't came, like, when they're making this, they're still doing, they're doing this in 100 heroes at the same time, so maybe a lot of that stuff wasn't, like, known yet. Oh, yeah, it's still up in the air. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess it's possible. Uh... Uh, like you, I really didn't dislike anything about the the storyline or the characters or anything like that. Uh, and so I'm going to give it a four. The only thing I, I, I'm not a fan of is, like, the whole magic girl thing. Like, I'm so kind of done with those. It's kind of like a, she's like a Sailor Moon type character. And I'm just like, to me, that she, that doesn't fit into this world if it, more than anything. Like, everyone else is... Well, the- the issue is we don't know much about the world though. Maybe there's like a city that has, that puts out idols, and right, yeah, Japan yeah. loves their idols or whatever. Yeah, that's 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 more of a Japan thing. Like they love their idol shit. I, for, 
I forget about that, but I feel like that's in every game, so it's just kind of like, really, it's got to be in in this too. Like everything else, I like like I like about it, but yeah, just that magic girl stuff. I'm I'm glad she wasn't like the character you got. I was like, oh god, she's gonna be the third character. Oh yeah. <laughs> because before you get here, I'm like, oh, it's leading up to the magic girl, and it's gonna be like her annoying kind of dialogue and stuff like. And she's, she's got a little bit of a unique personality, but not really, you know? It's kind of the cliche magic girl type thing. Yeah. So I was, like, kind of happy when that wasn't the case, so... Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, it's good. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, all right, I guess music break two. Uh, well, I guess this will be town music two. So uh, as the town levels up, uh, the the background music you get changes, and it starts off uh, with like this kind of like a storybook, I feel like vibe track, and then it kind of gets more into like a hustle bustle city uh, vibe. But this is town music two, and then I guess my next musical break will be town music three, presumably. I think those are the the two tracks on YouTube besides the yeah. the main theme and. Uh, Kevin's pick, so uh, enjoy. It's a 2D platformer. <laughs> Side scroller. So, uh, yeah, it, and uh, it's got like kind of pseudo 3D backgrounds, I think. Yeah, I mean, the uh, there's like a foreground and a background, so, and that it's kind of like they both. It 
it's looks like the world's alive like there's like a wind going through like you know the laundry or the grass is like kind of waving and the trees in the background are you know moving in in, in the wind and all that kind of stuff so uh, yep and in the town as the as the town grows and grows you have more and more people just walking around i guess just doing their shit during the day and like and you see them moving back and forth on the screen and they're always different like every time you change the screen you have different people walking around and then at the actual businesses like at the inn there's different people like on the out like outside the inn or at the smithy there's someone at the the anvil kind of messing around um so it's 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 cool like i like the it makes it more seem lived in as you play so they did a good job on that yeah and normally, like, in a, in a JRPG or something like that, like, everybody just stands in one spot. And that applies for the, some of the NPCs that you interact with here. But uh, they do the thing where, like, the world has people that you, that are in it, but you don't have to talk to them. Because, like, in real life, you don't want to talk to everybody on the fucking street. Right. So, uh, the, like, the only time you talk to some of these random NPCs that you see walking back and forth, because they are actually the same people... You, that give you fetch quests. So sometimes you'll get a fetch quest from some guy, like, hey, pretty sure I've seen that dude walking around the village. Or like before. the uh, the first kind of like couple quests you do is like for a little girl and, their, and her dad, and then you don't really do any more quests for him again. But I do see him at the tavern every once in a while getting food, like eating food, and she's holding that cat that you've had to find. So I thought that was yeah. Cool. I like those little touches like that. That's a really good job. And that's, that's that kind of, like, attention to detail that, like, you know, those little things, like, are huge when it comes to, like, a game like 100 Heroes. It's like, they're already doing it for this game. To me, it's, like, makes me hopeful, like, oh, man, I can't wait to see what they're going to do for, like, the full-fledged game, you know? Yeah. I'm sure it's going to meet... At least meet most people's expectations. I'm sure there's people that are hyping themselves beyond belief for this, and they're going to be disappointed. But uh, that's why you don't hype yourself up too much, I guess. Yeah, I'm not like I'm hoping like it could be sequeled in five ish, like on the level. Like that's kind of why I'm I want to do sequeled in five before we play Hundred Heroes to kind of like say, hey, they they did it. You know what I mean? Like they, it's fresh in our mind. Like we just played sequeled in five. You know, it's a good, like, kind of like bar, you know? And then we can either go, oh, man, they killed it, or uh, that's, it's not bad. You know, there's like a, it's, it's kind of like a scale, I guess I'd say. Okay. So that's kind of my reasoning behind that. I can see that. It makes sense. Um, yeah. Is there anything you didn't like about visuals? Uh, Yeah, but it's also like part of the, the type of game that it is and that is um i guess it's like a mix between gameplay and visuals and that that's like there's three monster types it felt like oh, and you fight them over and over again yeah, they just have they just tile swaps yeah um and they like maybe like look a little bit different like they'll look instead of like being icy looking they'll be like yeah. fiery looking or whatever yeah. but it's like same asset it's still the same monster <laughs> Yeah, it's the same asset. They just like put different features on it. Yeah, I, I guess they have like sometimes they have different attack patterns. Like the ice slimes will charge up and then shoot like ice around them. The fire slimes will like shoot up fire breath and shit or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
but like it's cool it's cool like the first time but then like you just fight nothing but the same monster over and over again each time you go through the areas and kind of like i'm kind of whatever yeah i agree with that and uh like you kind of mentioned already is the the way like they kind of feel unnatural the way they move it's not it's kind of like jank like not it's not smooth it's just kind of like uh, i don't know the word for it it's kind of like well, like you said, it's a marionette, like puppet-like. Where it's not like anything that moves doesn't have like a, a normal gait yeah. to their like their movement, it's kind of and jerky. it's just like like a little jerk to it. You know what I mean? Like a, yeah, some kind of tension there on the way they're moving. But it's not like a huge deal. It's just something I notice. Like it doesn't like affect it one way or the other for me. You know? It, no, I, I noticed it. <laughs> so play it's just a little like visual quirk that you're like uh this looks a little unnatural but whatever but the npcs like the name like the main named ones they all kind of have like a unique look to them um everyone is kind of it's not like there are like you know your basic like palette swap npc characters but for the most most of the, the ones that give you the side quests or different uh quests you get through the game they all have like a unique look to them so that is well i don't i don't think there's any npcs that are exactly the same like it, they may have like the same clothes but the like one will have a headband one will have a hat or yeah yeah uh which is or something. exactly like so it's each npc is unique even if you don't ever actually interact with them uh but the ones that have the most like uh unique palette or like design are actual like named characters which is to be expected but yeah, but then there's like in the background there's like a cheetah character. I'm like I never even talked to this person, so I don't, I don't know. Like that's cool. Like there's like just randomness like that going on too. Yeah. It's like the anamorphic characters look really really good. Like I'm excited about the game and how that ties into the mythos and all that kind of stuff. It'll be it'll be different for sure because I think usually in the Suikoden games there's lots of like racial speciesisms between the like. Uh, animal races in the humans yeah they don't really touch on that at all in this game everyone no like everybody seems to be living together in harmony so yeah we'll see yeah so that's good that's cool um but yeah every every like npc and then like the main characters have their own unique look and they they look good so uh to me it's a three like it's it's uh above average to me but um you know, it's you get what you pay for. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's not yeah, it's not amazing or anything, but I don't expect it to be amazing. But it's good for what it is. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a three and a half because I thought everything was like distinct looking. Like in the dungeons, everything kind of popped. I never, like, I never was lost. Like nothing ever looked the same. I guess like, the- every every area I knew I was in, I, I knew it was something different. And I did notice, like, another good thing they do is, like, if there's something in the foreground, like, you see the shadow of the, where your character is, so it's not just, like, gone. Like, pure solar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're just, like, well, like I don't know where my character is right now. I'm just hitting buttons. So Yeah, that's a, that's a, a plus for me, because normally, if there's any kind of foreground stuff in a game, it pisses me off, and, like, I notice it immediately, and I remember it. But I don't recall ever being bothered by any foreground things in this game. And there's and a that's... lot. Like, I'm, I'm just going through the town right now. 
There's a lot of foreground stuff. Yeah. And they do the huh. they do the thing where they shade the foreground where you can see the the shadow of the character's model. Nice. So yeah, good job. Good job, guys. Proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth coming from Kevin of the RPG show. Hey, I feel like we have a we have a lot of knowledge on this stuff. We play a lot of fucking games, so well, yeah, but we don't have a like a presence, I guess. That that, uh, I, but I guess most people's opinion matters to some degree. I'm just a bit of a, a nihilist, so it's like, yeah, nothing we say matters to anybody except us. So. Yeah, I mean, but I'm just saying to us, like, we have a lot of you know experience with this shit. Yeah, for sure. Compared to a lot of people, <laughs> I mean, look, think of all the games we played. Just even just for the show, we're like, you know, you you alone are at like 130 games, you know. Yeah, something around there. Or 100 some games. I guess there's 130. Or, or this is going to be episode 129. <clears throat> it's probably like 30 or 40 like off-topic shows before we're just uh, after Brent. It's just all the all we're doing is just game shows, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't got time for that off-topic shit. <laughs> yeah. Nor do we have the creativity or uh, charisma that Brent had to pull that shit off, because, uh... Fuck that. It takes a lot of time. Yeah, that's... And I'd rather be playing games. Yeah, I'd rather be playing games, and that's kind of why we made, like, the, that RPG roundtable, and kind of, like, exhausted all the topics after, like, five of them. <laughs> yeah. It's like, favorite RPG, worst RPG... Man, we should redo that Roost RPG one now. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> we could add a couple games to that. Oh, boy. Anyways, uh, I think that's that's everything for visuals. Uh, yeah, so we'll move on to music and voice acting. Um, normally, we let you guys know who the composer is, but I have no fucking idea who the composer is, and I can't find anything on the internet about it, so... Uh, sorry, composer guy, or girl, or a group of people. <laughs> I guess if we could look up the credits, maybe, but uh, it's, ah. it's in there somewhere. Um, so we will definitely make sure we'll we'll try to find that before the end of the show, and uh, in case anybody was interested. Hmm. But there is no voice acting in this game, so we can definitely uh, get over like that's a that'll be a, a quick uh, grade, quicker grade because we don't have to go through that. But uh, the music yeah. is pretty good. So uh, I thought the music was. I mean, I I like that that you could change like the music of the town changed as you built it up. But I also didn't like it because I liked some other songs better than others than the last one. You oh did. yeah. So. Uh. For me, it's one of those things where I don't really remember any of the songs after having played it. Like it's been a week since I played it, but I do remember not hating anything as I was playing it. So for me, everything's kind of just average for the most part, and I'll give music a three. 
Yeah, I'll give music a three as well. So I found a YouTube of the credits, but if I oh, I can mute it. Here we go. I didn't want to have the music playing. Somebody in the Discord replied. They said, "Oh, I guess you noticed already." Some, yeah, you found like, a channel has twenty four songs. Like, oh, shit, I already, I already fucking checked. <laughs> Their director is Hiroyosha Ota. Do you know who that is? Does that sound familiar to you? Who do we know the guy, the name of the guy who made Suikoden? Maybe we should go start with that. Uh, yeah, it's like fuck. I want to say it's like Mariyama or something. Um, Miramitsu. Sorry, Let's we're doing see. the research on the fly, but that's just how we do it with this this podcast. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> professional. We'll, we'll be professionals when we get paid. Yeah, when we get started getting paid, we'll we'll, be, we'll we'll put more time into it. But as we are doing this for love, um, love uh, let's see. Just go to the Kickstarter and scroll all the way down to the people involved. Uh, the creator of Suikoden is Yoshitaka Mariyama. I, I prim- Did I say Mariyama? I thought it was close. Yeah, you said it. You said that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then the artist is Junko Kawano. Um, I guess I got, the person that did music for the first Suikoden's uh, is retired, so she's not doing any music for any of the games. Um, then I guess everybody else that's on the staff, like the main core staff, uh, worked on stuff together with Mariyama at one point, and so they decided to follow him to this game and his company. Okay. Okay, I found the composer. Uh, Ready? Okay. It's Takashi Suzuki. Suzuki? So is it T S U Z U K I? How would you How would you say that? Uh, you have to say that again. T S U Z U K I. Is that Suzuki? T S U Z U K I. Yeah. Well, when you have a when you have a T S, it's like a. So it's more like Suzuki. Yeah. Suzuki. The sound composer, I don't know if that, does that mean music or is that just like sounds? I I would assume it's a, an all-encompassing category. Um, we'll just, we'll credit him. <laughs> well, if it's wrong, wrong, it's wrong. It was him and his wife. Oh, okay. It was, hold on. Sound composer, Takahashi Suzuki and Siataro Suzuki. Or maybe they're brothers. I don't know if those, that's a girl's name and a boy's name. Oh, is it? Well, it depends. Is it written in the Japanese way or is it written in uh, the Western way? Because uh, the first name would be the same if it was a family name. The Japanese way. Uh, Suzuki's at the end. So. Well, either they... either Okay, so either, <laughs> either they're married... Or they're siblings, or they just happen to have the same first name. 
So Mariyama depending how it's written was is credited as a supervisor. So he did have probably like final say in all this stuff. He probably gave him like an outline and then had final say, be my guess. And then Tarashi Saromi is the main scenario guy. So he wrote I'm guessing he's the writer. Okay. I don't know if that's anybody from Sukaden. I honestly am not sure. Because I haven't done due diligence on anything. Um, when we get to Sweep It In 5, we can kind of uh, compare, I guess. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, that's that's who made the music, was Suzuki, it looks like. Because I'm going through the credits now, and nothing else is really showing music or sound or anything. So. All right. And did you Google that name? Yeah, I didn't get any results though. Okay. Sorry, I guess uh, there must be someone new or just someone that we haven't got a lot of stuff from in the United States. Okay. Um, I would also agree with you, uh, three on the music. Um, I enjoyed it, like. I really enjoy the room barrels, which is my my uh, pick for the song. Um, just that guitar riff, you know. Yeah. Do 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 like I, you know when that starts going like I'm like oh yeah. So. Uh, okay. Well, speaking of your song, let's listen to it now. Then. <laughs> Are we ready? Or that's all we're doing for uh, music and voice acting. Nothing else. Uh, I mean I don't know. If there's too much else to say. <laughs> it's it's fine like you can't really listen to the ost as far as i'm aware yeah. uh because there's only the four songs uh oh wait look i found uh found the whole playlist that. where'd you find it at uh here i'll send it in the notes. i'll send it to you yeah throw it in the notes there so i just click on the notes okay uh i'll put it at the very top because i don't know where else to put it and then, so, yeah, the song that for Nick's pick might change now that we found all the music. Yeah. I had I, I didn't type OST, I had to type soundtrack, and it pulled right up. Oh, that, that's, I'm dumb. I should have done that. Well, before I was typing OST, so. I usually type OST, and it, that's what works. Yeah. Interesting. All right, yeah, well. I guess uh, <laughs> the music will, will the subject to change. So yeah, cool. Are right, you still fine with Rune Barrows though? Oh yeah, that was my pick. Like as I was playing the game, I tried to listen, like I said before, like in most of these games, I try to find the, the the one song that stands out to me, and that's usually my pick for the for the uh, for the show. And, okay. And this one definitely was like yeah. Every time I heard it, I noticed it. So I really enjoy this. All one. right. This is uh, uh, the Room Barrels.
Alrighty. Overall experience. As Brent would say, it is expectations versus reality. Uh, but I think for general purposes now, it's, uh, at least for me, how I felt going in versus how I felt coming out. Uh, how, how do you describe your overall experience ratings, Kevin? Um, I think it's a little bit of both, like what Brent would say, it's expectations versus reality, and it's just how I overall felt with the whole game. Okay. I, mean, I think expectations have uh, an impact of how you feel about the game, um, but I don't think it's the whole thing. Like, it's not it's not everything, so to, I guess it, it really is an overall to me, like, all, all things co- considered, this is how I feel about the game. Fair enough. So, to me, like, I think this game was above average. Like, it's it, it's a three and a half to me. Like, it's good. It's not groundbreaking or any way. It's, it is what it is. It's an appetizer. It's something to get me excited for 100 Heroes. And, like, paying attention to the details in this game gets me excited. Maybe not the, the game itself, but, like, the character interactions and the... Uh, um, yeah, basically it's the characters that got me excited, and like the details that they put into this game, um, with you know, knowing who made Suikoden and who's in charge of this, I am definitely, well, I'm, I was interested, in, you know, anyways, but now I'm more interested. So that makes sense. Yeah, I would say I'm right there with you on the three point five. Um... I wasn't. I think I didn't expect anything going into this game, so I don't have any expectations that were met or crushed or anything like that. Yeah, I was just like, oh, it's going to be a two D platformer thing, and it's going to give me a taste of what's to come in Hundred Heroes. All right, let's do it. And then um, I played it for I think two or three big chunks of time, and. The only, t- like, the only reason I would stop was because like, I had to go to bed or had to go to work or whatever. Right. So uh, it's definitely a really good game. It's Like you said, it's not like a masterpiece. It's not reinventing the wheel or anything. It's nothing extraordinary. Uh, it's a, But it's a good quality game for the price you would pay. Um, and it's definitely whet my appetite for 100 Heroes. If they can keep up the quality level of just the characters. I'm sure everything else will be vastly improved. Like uh, like you, I prefer turn-based RPGs to plat- 2D platformer Metroidvania shits or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I do like the Suikoden like, battle system. Like, I hope that that is what we're getting. You know? Because I don't... Th- I, they did show, like, when in the... Um, like their concept? The concepts when they were doing the the Kickstarter and it, the fucking uh, like combined attacks were badass. Like there's like this one like laser attack or something that some dude did, and I, like went across the screen. Like the the depth of like the battle, you know what I mean? Like was like if they do it like they sh- like like they they planned on it. I am definitely pumped for that game. You remember that? Did you did you ever see that one where they do the like battle yeah the fight the kraken thing or whatever yeah that and there's like it's like multi-leveled or something i don't know it was it was good yeah it's uh the thing i like about the the first two speakings especially is each round of combat 
felt like it was happening like simultaneously, even though it wasn't. You know what I mean? Like other characters were doing actions, and like with the dynamic camera and stuff like that, it felt I guess, just more like actiony, yeah. as opposed to like a boring generic JRPG where the the camera's static, nothing happens. Like you, depending on the game, like the characters like kind of walk up to the enemy and do like a hit or whatever, or they don't move at all. Like they take two steps forward to do an attack. It's kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, but with Swigaden, like you got like the dynamic camera. You occasionally have like combo attacks. You can have unite attacks. Uh, like you have enemy or two like two allies or more like hitting the same enemy at the same time sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's like fucking sweet. It's cool to watch. And so it looks like they're taking that and turning it up to eleven with Ayuden Chronicle Hundred Heroes. Uh, at least with like what they've put out. Whether they live up to that. Uh, remains to be seen but the uh, it's very promising yeah so that you know that combined with what they gave us with this like you know final stretch goal game it's like man i mean i don't know it's trending in the right direction i don't want to get too excited because there's been too many disappointments with video games in my life you know so I am having tempered expectations, but I am, uh, you know, cautiously optimistic. So. I feel like that's probably the best way to be. Yeah. <laughs> that's the way to be of basically everything. Just try to be optimistic, but also know that not everyone's perfect and there's not a perfect world and shit happens and, you know, that, like I'm hoping for the best. Okay, well, that brings us to replayability slash extra content. Of which there is not much. Right. I would say. <laughs> in this instance. Um, I guess you could... There's New Game Plus. Kind is, of. is there a New Game Plus? I thought it was just like you change the difficulty at the end of the game or kind of thing. I didn't really go that far into... Uh... Well, you beat the game and then you reload your save and it's like the town right before um, that the last boss part where it's like the point of no return where you go on the yeah. clock tower and you can just keep like read and then all the townspeople are back and they all have uh, fetch, fetch quests to do and you're just redoing the fetch quests over and over again. So it's like a infinite loop I guess you could do. Okay. And just keep like building up stats and stuff if you want. And I'm wonder I don't know if like your max, if your level max, like, I don't, because this game is going to tie into Hunter Heroes somehow, like, you're going to have your save data, like the old Swookadens used to do, and either that's going to give you these characters, or they're going to give you some kind of weapon, or not a weapon, but like some kind of accessory or something that's going to help you out in the main game, so. Or it could even be additional, like, uh, cutscenes or something. Or additional, like, chapter, or like, sub-chapter where... You, rec- you can recruit these guys in a way or something. I'm hoping yeah. something cool like that. But I, don't, I mean, I don't know that they would lock characters behind having to play Rising and transferring data over, because it feels like that's very anti-consumer. Uh, but, because like the, the, the only precedence for that would be getting the main character in Suikoden 2 from Suikoden 1 and Grimio, I believe. No, you didn't use Grimio, just uh, Tyr or 
whatever. But even then, he was just an optional character. Whereas these characters are integral to the plot, presumably, in some way. So I, I don't think that they would lock them behind this game, but, you know, never know. We'll find out. Um, maybe I'm misremembering, but couldn't you get all, like, the, 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 the five main characters from Suikoden and Suikoden 2 and they just weren't, like, starved people? Or was it just the main character? Well, Flick was returning, Victor's returning, so they're both stars. No, um, but, like, your little group, like, uh, in, like from the first half. Like, what, like, like Pond, Cleo, Grimio, yeah. Tyr? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, the, the only people that make a, a return are uh, Tyr and Grimio. And you don't recruit Grimio with the save data, you just get Tyr. And he has the Soul Eater, which makes him, like, the best unit in the game. Right, yeah, but you can't use Grimio at all? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, maybe I'm, like, misremembering it or whatever, but... Um, let's see. Um, but yeah, other than, like, that new game plus where you have hard mode, and you can turn it on or off if you want, but basically it makes everything level up to, like, 50-ish, and then, uh, some of the quest uh, monsters you fire are like 70 or 80, so. Um, but yeah. Then the game actually gets challenging. <laughs> kind of, not really though. It's like it's challenging in the way that uh, like step, like walking through a minefield is challenging because it's not like, it's not any more difficult to walk through a minefield. It's just more hazardous because yeah, that's just... The enemies have the same combat patterns, and you already fought them. Yeah. But when you get hit, instead of doing like thirty damage or whatever, some bullshit, they do like a thousand. You're like, oh fuck, okay. Yeah. And then they I guess I guess I can't get hit. Are spongier, so they take more hits. So yeah. So to me, it's not that. That's not like a great, not that great. So like like you're gonna say, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a two as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's extra content if that's what you want to do. I don't imagine anybody particularly loved this gameplay, but uh, I'd be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised. There's probably one or two people that are like, "Oh man, this is the best game I've ever played. There's I'm gonna keep playing really... it until I max out my characters or whatever." Yeah, there's some people that really love this kind of gameplay loop of a uh, side-scrolling monster mashing thing, but you know, to me, it only it's only it only goes so far before I'm done with it. Oh yeah, it, it feels super mindless at at a point. Yeah, it's like all right, this is all treading. This is treading the same territory I've treaded many times. Like I don't go through an RPG and replay through the first dungeon <laughs> yeah. because, like, who the fuck does that shit? But, no, keep progressing the game. Right. But and there, like I said, there's a market for this kind of stuff, and some people love it. So. Uh, moving on to the last musical break, I listened to some songs, and I'm going to choose Area Boss Battle, which is just like the boss music for the normal bosses in the game. There's a final boss song, and I don't think I liked it as much as this one, so that's what we're going with.
Alrighty. If you've stuck it out this long, we appreciate it greatly. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, I know it was a shorter episode, and that's because it was a shorter game, and it was a good game, so we didn't have a lot of shit to talk about uh, on it. So, uh, we already talked about our next game, but as a reminder, it is going to be Outer Worlds. Well, technically it's Triangle Strategy, which is the previous game, but the next game that we are going to be playing after Triangle Strategy, Outer Worlds. Um, then, is there anything that you wanted to add about anything? Um, no, I think we've covered basically everything. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to try Outer Worlds. Hopefully that's good. Um, triangle Strategy, I, I guess uh, if you want to give a little sneak peek to what we're going to be doing, like what we think it's... I mean, how are you, how are you feeling of the strateginess of the RPG? I think the, the strateginess, I guess, is it's definitely there and it's definitely impactful. Uh, I haven't quite played a game that uses that makes you use your characters like this way in this way before because usually they're all kind of samey. Yeah. But in this game, every character is definitely unique uh, to an extent. There are some that have like similar overlap on abilities, mm-hmm. and so they're kind of interchangeable. But then you have like some that are super like strange, like uh, Jens, the blacksmith, who can build ladders and like put string. Uh, springboard traps on the field yeah. to, mani- to to manipulate the enemy's locations and uh, like help you navigate the map better. Uh, and he's been really useful in some missions where like uh, I needed to um, avoid. Like there's one mission where I had to avoid uh, archers because I was surrounded by archers on both sides, and all my units were getting killed because of the range of the archers. So I put him in and built a ladder on one of the the cliff sides, and all my characters went up and just kill all the archers on that side and that made it so that the archers on the other side had to walk to me and i was able to like keep everybody fit in finding shape uh so it's definitely a lot of different ways you can tackle the uh battles that i've seen so far um and you just kind of gotta find the way that works for you yeah the only thing like and i have this problem with the strategy rpgs like the battles take a long time and I get kind of bored halfway through them, you know? Okay. Um, I like strategy RPGs, but it's just like, it's hard for me to play them for long periods of time. Because, like, maybe one or two battles, and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. I can't do three. You know what I mean? Like, I have to take a break. Okay. I have to take a break because, to me, it's like I'm using my brain the whole time, trying to figure out the best way and not die and all this kind of stuff. And um, that's what I like, I guess, about JRPGs is that, like, the battles are not long. And um, it kind of, I don't know, I get, I need to have it mix up, more mixed up. Like, I do appreciate, like, the different, like, there are there are some town, like, things you can do in, uh, in, the, in Triangle Strategy. But um, it's just the... I- I kind of understand what you're saying. Like in a like a normal JRPG, like you have an encounter that lasts like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes, uh, and you have to think through the encounter, like what strategy you want to use. But when you're done, it's just like that. It's the the two minutes, if that, of 
brain power that you used. Yeah. And you kind of keep moving on, and then you're thinking about other things, like where you want to go on the world map, or where you are in the dungeon, and then you get into another fight, and it's like, okay, this mixes it up a little bit. Whereas opposed to right. a strategy RPG, you're stuck in the battle for like up to like sometimes an hour, and you're like, okay, if I make one mistake, I've got to start this battle over, depending on what you're doing, like what kind of game you're playing. Right. And so it becomes more high stakes, it becomes more stressful, your brain really doesn't get a chance to relax. So I definitely understand. So yeah, that. it's not that I don't like it. It's just only so much I can play at a time, and I can only, like after this, I don't want to play a strategy RPG for the rest of the year. <laughs> so I mean, you're the one that's picked too. So well, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like I'm good for the rest. Of the year. I'm, I'm done picking them. So that's fair. <clears throat> I don't think Travis will pick one, and I probably won't either. So I think you'll be safe. And there's not that many great strat. I mean, great ones left for us to play. I don't think, besides like Ogre Battle or something like that. Well, I'm sure I'll find some fucking niche bullshit ones for us to play. <laughs> Double hate. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of like a, a callback to what you said earlier about how you use the show to play some of the games you've been trying to play, and that's definitely how I've been doing it. Like, I'll have a game that I've been wanting to play for a while, but I just kind of never got around to. Uh, like Saga Frontier, remastered when that came out. I was like, uh, I kind of want to play it, but I don't really have the time. And so I was like, fuck it. The other way I'm going to make sure I'll make myself play it is to pick it for the show. Right, yep. Yeah. And there's like okay. games I, there's like games I want to play for the show, you know, like classics, like uh, I really want to get Earthbound and, you know, Lunar, uh, get those kind of in, like, in the mix and like uh have some more variety in the kind of games we have like you can listen to for this podcast you know yeah but also like i've played those already <laughs> and uh you know there's some new games that are gonna come out that i want to play like once trails of zero come out like that's my pick like this year. yeah like for like as soon as like i think it's coming out in like september or something like that like whenever uh we're at in that like that's my pick <laughs> okay so just definitely... and I think that's so yeah, oh, yeah. I'm just saying, I was just saying like in my head like you know I, I'm trying to like rank my games I want to play for the show for my picks you know because uh, sometimes it takes a couple months before you get to that pick and so you only got so many a year you can do so yeah uh, unless Travis doesn't you know pick something so um, but uh, well, the way it's going, he ain't getting no picks for a while. <laughs> right. So, it's just me and you picking, it's going to go a lot uh, quicker. But uh, I th I hate to say it, but I feel like we'll get two more games that are both uh, the old games that we want to play and also new games that we want to play uh, faster if we do uh, picks between me and you. Right. Because sometimes Travis picks some weird shit and I'm like, what the hell? Well, yeah. All right. Don't get me wrong, uh, Elder Ring, you know. Uh, it's different than anything we played for the show before, so it's good. Yeah, but you know, I would never have played that game uh, if it wasn't for the show. So fair enough. Maybe I would have eventually, but like I wouldn't have been like day one or whatever. But yeah, and that game took a lot of like uh, brain power to play for sure. Oh, definitely. So and it was long as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's just where my thoughts are on the games. Like, there's some we're gonna try to. I'm gonna try to keep mixing up of, between new and old, and even like 
Trails of Zero, it's an old game, but it's just now coming out for the United States. So it's kind of like a mix of both. Yeah. So. It's fair. Alrighty. Well, uh, as usual, we have a Discord, so we could definitely use some fresh blood. If you want to click the link, definitely come in and join us. We do have an email address at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com. Unfortunately, we don't have any emails yet, so maybe next time I'll be able to read something again. We do have an Amazon affiliate link. Uh, click it in the description, hopefully. Uh, Still some money from Jeff Bezos and give it to us. You can also listen to Blaine and James on the Is It Worth It podcast, uh, or Kevin and Blaine on Video Games the Movie. I think they have something new coming up soon, so that should be good to listen to. Yeah, I got and... the movie. It's just this time of year, like I've been saying, like I've been playing games and doing things, so I haven't had time to watch that movie we were supposed to do next, and... It's one of those uh, it's one of those podcasts we can do easier when it's colder in the winter time and stuff like that. But it might be a okay. there might be a little bit more time in between podcasts uh, in the summertime. So, but fair enough. There's not that many more video game movies really. I'm really wanting to watch left. So maybe maybe Assassin's Creed. That one was okay. I, don't, I haven't watched it yet, so. Oh, well. Well, uh, I guess that's it for the show. As always, thanks for listening, everybody. And until next time, bye. Bye, everyone.